Welcome back to the Attack Podcast. As always, I'm your host, a trolley, Jay. Joined as always is my co-host, the man who must pull the lever, Z. How are we doing today, Z? Pretty good, Jack. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine. Jack, Merry Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas. It's a Christmas episode. It's our, our world-famous Christmas episodes. We're recording this on Christmas Day, as far as you know. Christmas Day, even though we're not doing Christmas Day. I was thinking, Jack. It's too late now, of course, but I just figured we'd do this on air. Just right, yeah. Out. Maybe next year. Maybe do it the week prior to Christmas, so that it comes out before Christmas. Oh, so, okay, so we say Merry Christmas the week prior. Yeah. I think for us, we were like, well, this is closer physically for us to Christmas. But for the listener, Christmas is past. Yeah. I feel like you don't want, I don't feel like you want the holiday ha- episode to be after the holiday. No, we could celebrate Kwanzaa. It's not New Year's yet, but then like our new, but then we're doing like a, a New Year kind of thing next week. But again, it'll be well after New Year by the time we'll be recording it on New Year's Day, so that'll be a little bit better. That work mostly probably, right? I think so. Also, it's not it's not about the holiday New Year. This is about Christmas though, baby. We're all Christmas all the time. We're all Christmas all the time. We're big Christmas. And that's boys. why I'm reading a selection from my Star Wars Life Day Treasury book, Holiday Stories from a Galaxy Far, Far Away. No, I'm just kidding. I won't do that. I won't subject you to this. I would recommend though. It's a fun book. I'll just say that. Get out of the way off the top here before we get into it. There's a nice Christmas recommendation for the family, for the for the, the folks at home. Presumably, if you're listening to this, you like all that stuff. We talk about stars a lot, so it's a, it's a nice book. So we watched Hawkeye this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. Hawkeye finale. We're doing a finale finales because... The end of all things. Fucking four of the shows we've been watching all finished up this week, so... Only three, though. That's what know. I meant. That's what I said. I think you'll find, if you look back, that's what I said. Mm, I don't know about that. Well, All right. Draw still on that one. So Hawkeye. What's this episode called? The End. Is ooh, it? Ooh, baby Kingpin. Ooh, baby. <laughs> no Daredevil, only Kingpin. <sighs> Bit of a shame. Right off the top. Spoilers, of course, as always. Spoilers. And you can just say that for the rest of it. Yeah, it's it's all going to be spoilers, especially for Sonny. I know people are really <laughs> held up, but they're always Sonny spoilers. And spoiler for later on. Spoiler for the spoiler for spoilers. We're going to talk about Iron Man 3 later. And, and Wheel of Time. There'll be spoilers gonna... for Iron Man 3. I know people waiting bated breath, but we're going to talk about it. I finally watched. I've finally seen every single Marvel movie. That's not even true. Yeah, it is. Totally. Right. It's called So This Is Christmas? Question mark. Oh, that's good. I like that title. So this is no Daredevil? Yeah, so no Daredevil, which is a shame, but not a deal breaker. No. I saw people saying they were like, uh, from posts from like a week ago being like, Spider-Man's got to be in it. I was like, I was hoping we, we we talked about this. You and I, you know, we're juggling with that for a while. It was like, maybe Spider-Man could be. It wouldn't be inconceivable to me. I think it's too much. I stand by that. Too much. He, you you did say that at, at the time and now, but there was a chance. I wouldn't have thought it was too crazy. You also, though, well, you, you said it would have been too much if Daredevil was in it. Though. I stand by that as well. Well, that's that I can I disagree with. Now, one thing I will say about the Spider-Man thing is the one that, that has more validity is because they tried to have Spider-Man in captain america and the winter soldier and kevin feige told them no he said that's too much stick to what you're doing my man you don't get spider-man so that made me think that they're not gonna put spider-man in because kevin feige's like no no no. i'll put them where i need to don't tell me where to put my guys i'm god emperor kevin feige (laughs) i run hollywood that is true i forgot that little detail but i would think daredevil's a smaller scale kind of character so if you're worried about anyone like coming and being too much steel in the spotlight i don't think daredevil and spider-man are on the same level in that regard no no i i, I can agree with that but anyway so well, let's, let's just get into it. then how was kingpin jack in your estimation i i liked him i thought he was pretty good uh, a little good a little bit of vincent d'onofrio one scene head really sweaty really sweaty head <laughs> so glistening he, um, it's very similar i would say to his 
how he was doing it in Daredevil, right? Just a little bit turned up, maybe? And, like, comic booky, which I think makes sense for the respective sort of tone of those properties, right? Like, even, yeah. though, even though at the time, even the Netflix stuff was, was, you know, technically, or it still is, maybe, whatever, weird gray area. In the MCU, they definitely have a difference in tone. It's a lot more gritty, a lot more hard. That's a lot, lot more effing and jeffing, you know? Yeah. A lot more gore and blood and stuff. Those Sexual like, innuendos. Yeah, such. a little bit. So those are, like, I want to say those are rated M kind of deal. TVMA, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. So I would say he's a little more heightened and a little less like, but very similar otherwise. I mean, it's the same guy, right? They got Vincent D'Onofrio to do it again. They, you know, can't expect a whole difference. Yeah, it was going to change his whole performance. It worked for him once. Why wouldn't he do it again? I will say, I don't think, we talked about last week how the director, showrunner, whoever it was, said that this week would answer definitively whether or not the Netflix stuff is canon. I don't think it did. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you because I couldn't tell because I've not right. seen any Netflix stuff. Did it confirm I don't anything? Think so. One way other than the idea that like it's the same guy. Um, and I I want to say I literally said this a couple however back on the show. I feel like I'm gonna pretend I did regardless. Perfect. Don't check, listeners. Please don't check. That um, I, I think we were kind of going. It's like maybe the idea for this when I was trying to justify Kingpin being in it is like, well, Kingpin could potentially have been snapped, and now. Afterwards, he's having to get back power, right? I want to say right. we had a conversation. No, yeah, we definitely did. And the beginning of the show. Yeah, okay. Apparently, Vincent D'Onofrio did an interview this week, said that that is like how he played the character. That is the lives they had. Even though it's never said out loud that he was he was working under that sort of assumption mindset as well. So, cool. I was right, as usual. <laughs> um, but No, that can't be true. That can be proven on this show that you were <laughs> right. But yeah, at the very least, there's that. So, like... <sighs> Again, as far as like specifics, it's going to remain to be seen until we get more out of the Daredevil folks. And I think it's really going to remain to be seen like it's kind of tough because I think you could carry over most of Daredevil. But at the same time, if you make Daredevil canon and you're like, nah, everything in Daredevil happened. Well, that means also like the Defenders and everything happened. And then it's like you get to the point where is that are they going to want to use what's his name for Iron Fist again? Like wasn't very good. Yeah, people didn't really like that one. So is that all canon? There's some there's some weird I don't know. It's definitely going to remain to be seen. I think it, it, basically, I think they could take as much as they want because, again, those shows were meant to be in the MCU. It's only like recently that's even kind of come up of like, oh, are they really canon? Because they were supposed to be, right? Those are, those are made by Marvel Studios and everything. There's no like shenanigans about there. Um, those, those shows, even more so than like the ABC shows, which are kind of their own gray area. So I don't know. But I would say those conflict less with the, sort of canon and everything than say like agents of shield does because agent of shield goes crazy towards the end with time travel and its own kind of stuff that just doesn't really work i think that was it was confirmed recently that it's not canon yeah anymore. i i don't see how it could be frankly i know people get bothered about that because a lot of people really love that show and i think that show's good and I, I like it a lot too i was a big fan i don't know i watched it all the way through like there was definitely parts where i've kind of you know ebbed and flowed for me but still big fan but i don't think it's one of those things you just got to be like it's not a big deal if it's canon or not just enjoy it you shut up and enjoy the thing but yeah, all it's to say, we just don't know yet. <laughs> but he's good, and I do think he's the same guy, although different. Again, like, and he said this in that, that same interview, he's more durable than he is, right? The stuff he undergoes in this episode is much closer to, say, comic book comic version book Kingpin than um, Daredevil Kingpin. Although, at the same time, he does seem to, like, they don't lean into it too, too much. They don't overdo it, but in the Netflix stuff, he is shown to be, like, essentially superhumanly strong. At one point when he's in prison, he's doing, like, He's doing like 500 pound reps on a bench. It's like, that's like not almost not even human. Yes. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, it's like super soldier level kind of stuff. Yeah. And like the kind of vibe they always went for is more. And I think this is how he is in the comics. It's just comics. Everything's like, you know, turned up to 10. So, but I think the idea is for Kingpin is not necessarily that he's like superhuman, uh, but just that he's like a, just kind of naturally a massive guy. He's also not like obviously ripped, right? He's just kind of big and bulky and round. Like a sumo kind of, wrestler. Yeah. No, literally, right? So that, I think the idea was always just, he's just really strong because he's really big. He doesn't necessarily work out. He doesn't have like any kind of powers. He's just a massive man, which does make sense. Works well enough. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I don't know if it translates to being able to bench press 500 plus pounds for reps because then you're like, what's his max? Is Like at that point, he's like literally Captain America level strong or something. Yeah, he's but still. tons of weight. I think for a comic book universe, works just fine. Yeah. All right, let's get into specifics beyond yeah. Kingpin. So like story-wise, because ultimately he's not the main guy, is he? Kind of, in a sense, kind of tacked on at the end to right. build out further stories. So we got the whole trick trick arrow sequence. That was fun, huh? Yeah, building nice cooking them up. Yeah, that was fun. A little bonding moment. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, we're going to make more. Make I can't more. believe it, Jack. They never, they still never did Boomerang. We called it, we we called it Chekhov's Boomerang Arrow. Never did it. Come on, I thought that was a funny joke. Saw somebody else made that same joke and stuff. It's good stuff. Nobody, we were all disappointed, every one of us. Well, to be fair, they never showed a Boomerang Arrow. And the rule of Chekhov's anything is you have to show the arrow and use it by the last episode. So if you just say that there's an arrow, I don't know if they can get out of this made up thing we have. You've, you, they may have gotten out of final technicality there. Yeah, not a, not a, not a great way to get off technicality, but by the rules of the land, they they're off. Is what it is. So we talked about last week. We were interested to see what her mother's justification was for for her shenanigans. Stuff. Um, I guess pretty good, bro, relatively reasonable. Yeah, I didn't have any problems with it. She seemed like kind of reluctant to do it. Yeah, it was it was about the dad's debts and all. So. That, that, that's a good reason, is any. And I think it ties back to the beginning of the thing, where they're like, we had to sell our penthouse. We yeah. don't have any money. Yeah, so why not? I also like, though, that they didn't totally absolve her. Kat, uh, Kate at the end was just like, nah, you gotta go to prison. You're, like, you're bad. You're awful. <laughs> you're a bad mom. I mean, you went f- full in. Because it was kind of like, yeah, if you really ha- felt you had no other choice, that's one thing. But, like, she went all in. She was, like, murdering people, or having people murdered, whatever. But She hired a Black Widow assassin. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, she was gonna kill Hawkeye. <laughs> like, no, no, not not good. Mm-hmm. She murdered her uh, her fiance's uncle. Uncle. She yeah was gonna try to kill Hawkeye. She very very much put her own daughter in direct harm. So yeah, she probably gets to go to jail. Let's see. So other character beats Yolanda stuff with Hawkeye. Let's do Yolanda stuff, sure. It was mm, it was all right. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I, I kind of like talking, but it's just one of those things. Like we talked about last week when. He has to convince her that he's not a like an evil person. It's like, well, mm-hmm. I know as the like as the audience, we know that Hawkeye isn't yeah. malicious and that he didn't want to do that and that he like we said in the episode, they were racing to try to, to kill themselves first. Like, he says that in this, to be fair. But yeah. Yeah. No, there is an element of that. Like well, I've seen Avengers Endgame. So why Alana, haven't you seen Avengers Endgame? Well you were mostly <laughs> dead for? Alana, I saw it five times in theaters. Where were you? Like, come on. I didn't see yeah. you doing anything in the in the <laughs> battle of the Avengers compound. Oh, it was blipped away, oh. Go to see the movie. <laughs> but yeah, I think they did a pretty good job of it. I liked how he was like, I'm not going to get into the detail because you wouldn't believe me because she wouldn't, right? No. Like, even still, I think even in the Marvel comic or the Marvel, you know, cinematic universe here, which is, you know, pretty out there. That's one of the more out there sentences you could craft even still. Just to be like, we were on a we were on a different planet to in 2014 kill each other for a stone. But in, also in the past. Oh, it was in the past. Yeah, it was. It was yeah. like seven years in the past. It was That's like true. It was technically the past of a different dimension. 
Actually, yeah, it wasn't like saying you're on a different planet doesn't even scratch the surface. And they were led there by the ghost of a Nazi who fought Captain America. Exactly. Yeah. We were so picture we're in a different dimension in the past on a different planet. It's like you're traveling That's through like four layers. Yeah, it's four <laughs> layers. And then yeah, the ghost of a space Nazi leads them to the magic rock of the Mystic Mountain. And, and then you get the teleported heart. from the top of the mountain to the pool of water, all wet with a stone in your hand. Yeah, but he's sad about it. So yeah, I like that he didn't, go, but he was like, we had to do a thing. She had to save the world. We had to fight each other for it. That conveyed it pretty good, I think. Yeah. I think he did to convey it pretty well. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, you should have fought harder. You should have beat her. And I just wanted him to be like, yeah, but she's better than me. Because then Yolanda would have to be like, well, yeah. <laughs> like, you should have fought harder. Like, nah. Blackwood is better than him. Like, that's just been shown, I think, time and time again. She beats him up in Avengers. She beats him up in Civil she War. She beats him up in Civil War. She beat him up then. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> she's just a little, even even just slightly. She's got that edge over him. Mm-hmm. She uses guns. That's the edge she's got. That is, yeah. That's helpful in a lot of situations. Firearms. But yeah, it was a good moment, though, otherwise, right? It yeah, I, I, think, I think it... I think it really, um, later, as the moment begins, it kind of, like, does the whole, like, well, come on, Milana, watch Avengers Endgame. But then when she's like, why did you get to spend so much time with her in general? That was, yeah. That, that was a good moment. And towards the end, I was like, well, that, you kind of get into the heart of it. Like, that's when it's really like, well, this is what it's about. She's yeah. just kind of, like, in denial and a little jealous. Yeah. And, like, you know, grief is kind of racking sure. her. So that, I think, kind of saved it, because it's, come on, Yolanda. Yeah, that was like, a very, like, kind of nice human thing. of like, okay, this, you can see what's going on in her head. Yeah, because she was talking about, like, you know, oh, yeah, she told me about you and everything. She always talked about her sister and all that. And it's like, yeah, that would feel rough. <laughs> because that whole time, Yolanda was still just a black widow, like under mind control. So, yeah, it, it would feel rough. Very <laughs> rough. Feels bad, man. Fe- big, huge feels bad, man. <laughs> the whole time, she was like, once she had been defected and was just hanging out with the Americans for like 10 years, and Yolanda was still just an assassin. Yeah, that'd be rough. They had a nice kind of moment. She didn't kill him, so that's good. Yeah, very glad for that. And then I think, probably on her redemption here. Even though it's weird, because at this, they really didn't. Other than her wanting to kill Hawkeye, which I guess sounds silly when you put it like that, but still, other than her wanting to kill the main character of this <laughs> this show here, she wasn't actually very evil. No. Right? She was still, like, goofy and funny. Even Kate, and I guess maybe this is obviously intentional, because even Kate has that moment where she's like, stop making me like you. She's like, that's, that's what I do. Can't help it. Can't help it. I'm I'm charismatic Russian spy. She's she's just a little too whimsical still, maybe, in this. A little too much whimsical. Because you want to be like, you want to be like, oh, she's going to do a redemption, but it's like, well, what's she going to do? Be more whimsical? <laughs> She's just going to be whimsical and on the right side, I guess, which is fine. Which is good. We, we, we like that. Probably Young Avengers, right? Oh, yeah. Definitely Young Avengers. Probably. Hopefully, he stops killing for money. Hey, cool. all keeps killing for money. Well, I mean, whatever floats your boat, I guess. You got to make money somehow, Zach. You got to stay on that grind. Who am I to you tell? You know what? You hate to see a girl boss win. <laughs> I was just That's what say, it is. Who am I to tell a girl boss what to do? <laughs> if she wants to gaslight gate your way through the city. God yeah. help her. God bless her. Yeah, truthfully. That's right. I guess she's just Black Widow now. Yeah. Probably just call her that from now on. Superheroes, but just like Kate's, just uh, okay. okay. Why can't she just be Black Widow? There's two of them. Well, there's like one because one's dead. Yeah, one's dead. One's dead on the planet in space. All right. And the other probably big character moment is uh, Echo. Echo, or big character, I guess. Her boyfriend dies, which is just who cares. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of figured he was gonna die. I don't. I felt nothing. Yep. That was not a guy to translate for Kingpin. I. Yeah. I don't know, man. We've been saying it all season here, but the Echo stuff just generally has not been super strong. Like, I feel like every time her scenes, it just, everything grinds to a halt. Yeah. And it just sucks everything out of it. I don't know how to approach this, because I want to be delicate, but... Oh, that's always the best start to a segment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Echo stuff, because they they made the choice to actually, you know, you know, fully commit to it and, you know, get on them or whatever, but 
it, yeah, the momentum of the show grinds to a halt every time she's on screen because it's just it's just signing. There's no like audio. And whether um I can't even think of his name. I'm not even gonna bother. But her boyfriend guy there, he'll he'll be speaking as he signs and stuff, and that's good and all. But I don't know. It just feels like a weird change to momentum whenever there's not actual dialogue happening or only half the dialogue is there. Right. When it's only so, Kingpin responding, not dialogue. Yeah. Monologue, so monologue, perhaps you uh, could call it. spaced out monologue. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I just don't know how to rem- remedy that for the actual show. I don't know. Maybe that makes you sound like a dick and all. This this is me complaining about Parasite or whatever, but I don't know. I'm usually not one of those guys either, I will say. You and I, I think both, watch pretty much everything with subtitles on, just as a matter of course. But yeah, I, there's just something about it just being reading. Where like, even, even in, if you're watching something that's been subtitled, there is still dialogue happening, even if it's in a language you don't understand. So you get that energy, right? Yeah. Something about it just, yeah, it stops when we're just signing back and forth, which is fine. And, like, I guess it's important to see that because, you know, good honor. But inclusion and all that. Inclusion. Like, it's, yeah, that's why I said, like, I don't know what to say. But here's the thing. Let me, let me put you like this, Jack. In the comics, Echo just speaks. So her dialogue is just, she just talks. I don't know. Yeah. Like maybe that's like not enough because it's just it's one of those where it's like oh you're not really committing or like going the extra mile. But it's also it's written down. So it's kind of like a book. Yeah, it's hard to like I don't know because yeah what what are you even gonna do in the comic? Drawing out someone signing a whole complex sentence um, like that takes up yeah like thirty panels. Yeah, so I don't I don't even know how I I don't know. Besides that, she just hasn't been super compelling. I guess yeah, I that's part of it. And besides, just from her character, like. When her boyfriend dies, and he's like, I couldn't be part of the two worlds. What other world is she part of? Yeah, we've talked about this. Because we kind of went on a little hard in the, when her introduction happened. Where that's like part of two worlds. And the um, explicit, and then that subtext, the text, I guess, of the scene is just that the two worlds are her being deaf and the people who aren't deaf. Yeah. But there's a subtext to that of her being a a good guy and a bad guy? Which is what they seem to be referencing there. Right. But, but like, subtext of it, of, like, the two worlds. But what is the other world? Yeah, what... She has not been... She's only been a mob person. Yeah. She's been, like, a high-ranking... Kingpin's like, you're my, my, my precious Maya. It seems like her whole life, her father was a part of that. And as soon as... as You know, once she was old enough herself... She joined. She also was. Like, like an episode with Kingpin's hand. Like, Kingpin knew about her and knew she had yeah. promise and was very much involved in her raising. Knew her... Was right. her uncle, quote-unquote. And maybe it's... It doesn't seem to be as much as the comic, but definitely, yeah, that's that's how it is in the comic. She's, like, trained from, like, raised kind of from a very young age to be, like, an assassin for Kingpin and all. So, yeah, I don't know... You're right. Like, where is this other world? Like, she never really had a chance to be normal, live a normal kind of not... Criminal, criminal life. life. So, yeah... Just kind of weird. I guess in a in a broader sense, it applies to other characters because the, that's very much the idea of the show. In a yeah, because Hawkeye and Kate Bishop, even I won't say Ilana, but those two especially go through that because Hawkeye is really trying to do both. Yeah, he's like, well, I have my family and I'm also a superhero, and she's he's like Kate. He's like, I'm like, I'm an example. This is what happens when you have both, and mm-hmm. it's very it, things get sticky. Yeah, but it's weird to have. A character not have two worlds and be like, this is also for the other characters, but we're going to only focus on her. It's like, yeah, you didn't have her say it to Hawkeye. Like if she said it to Hawkeye, maybe it'll work better. Like there, I feel like there are little things they could have done that would have kind of made more connective tissue for this idea they're trying to go for. Because I've seen some people say that like they wish there was a little more Echo in this finale and maybe even less Yolanda because they felt Echo is more important to the overall show. I suppose it could be true. 
Um, I, I kind of see both. I don't know. I think from purely the extent that Echo is going to have her own show. Yeah, and some people disagreed. Some people were, were like the opposite of like that's kind of a cop out to be like, well, no, she should. That doesn't. If anything, like she, we need more time with her so that she's an established character going into her show. Right, right, right. I, I kind of see it from both ways, but f- for me personally. I think it was fine. I don't, again, that, that whole momentum thing we talked about earlier, or just, yeah, the fact that her story was not massively compelling to me generally, I didn't need a ton more from her. I thought it was just fine. And hopefully maybe some of these problems will get solved. I don't know. We'll, it's going to remain to be seen. I don't know, man. It's, she really wasn't that compelling. Like she didn't go through that much of an arc in this. And maybe that's the problem. She needed even more time, but ultimately how much time, right? Like how much time was, do we need to dedicate to her to like, drag a meaningful arc out of her this season but also have her own show right again she is getting her own show which i guess like i said i understand how you could say it's a cop-out to be like well i'm not going to tell a complete story in this show because she's going to be in a different show that is a cop-out and bad if you're going to put it in the show you know show that there was a reason for that like make it worthwhile right i do get that again though same time i think she was in it enough and i don't know so what the finale of that though or like the, the culmination of her storyline there Shot came in the face. What do you think of that? I think because I didn't, I wasn't familiar with the comic. Yeah, tie into that weird. Did like, you think she just killed Kingpin in the street? I mean, yeah, it's it seems like how it's implied. I think a lot of people thought that because I was like, did they just kill Kingpin? They, yeah, because like, I I figured they wouldn't because I was like, well, they wouldn't bring Vincent D'Onofrio back as Kingpin just to kill him at the end of Hawkeye as they've just introduced Daredevil. Like he's right. gonna be in it and mm-hmm. all the stuff. Like we talked about how Spider Man, the fallout of No Way Home, and all that. They're not going to get rid of him. So I'm like, why? Why do they? Well, so for anyone who doesn't know, in the comic, at the culmination of like Maya's introduction arc there, when when she decides to be a hero and and not be Fallen Kingpin anymore, which is you know very similar to this, she shoots him in the face and he does not die, but he's blinded, which is obviously like pretty significant for Daredevil's main villain. It's like a whole thing, and so Kingpin's blind for a while. So I gotta imagine he the same thing happened here, and that's why that's probably the other reason it happened off screen is so that. You can kind of be, you don't really know. And then when uh, he comes back, he's blind. So he'll become, he'll come back and be alive, but blind. That's how I got to imagine they'll do it. And then that'll be its own sort of thing in the, in the Echo Show, presumably. Echo Show, She-Hulk even. Arrows and She-Hulk. Never show. know. Maybe. I did see a quote from Zenafria that said that this is only one of the things Kevin Foggy wanted to do with Kingpin. Kevin Foggy other plants, obviously. There you go. So yeah, ultimately we've been saying it for like, Literally, since the show was announced, it, it still feels like the Echo choice. The Echo show is a weird choice for a show to exist, <laughs> frankly. And this show didn't. Uh, the season one of Hawkeye here, or whatever it is, Hawkeye here did not did not go a long way to like making me super excited for that. No, it's no, definitely no. not convinced me that like you know I don't know. Let me put it this way: I'm I'm still more excited for Daredevil in the Echo show than I am for Echo in the Echo show, which is probably not how it should be. No, not at all. I mean, I just think it's the unfortunate fallout of just Daredevil being a on, just on the baseline, more prominent character in well, the yeah. in the com- comics. Frankly, just, it is bizarre. Again, I don't think we'll ever stop saying that. Probably as this show's coming out, but why? Why not just do Daredevil for that matter? Frankly, mm-hmm. just you can still have Echo have a big role. Yeah. Again, I don't. Let me let's put it this way. I don't know that Echo's ever had her own solo comic, like ever. Right. Mm-hmm. She is introduced and like spends a lot of time as a side character in Daredevil. Like I've talked about before, she's in New Avengers. She's back now recently, but again, as we said multiple times, she took like a decade plus hiatus in the comics where she just wasn't around. She's just not a big character. It's and obviously the 
MCU can be different, right? They can push her more if they want, but it feels like you need the Daredevil groundwork for Echo, not the other way around. But mm. whatever. Is that all? Is that all, is that all mushy, dumb, boring character stuff? That uh, should be all of it. All right, let's talk about action, Jack. A lot of good action. Real good action. Um, the fight with all the trick arrows was super cool. Really fun. So we, I said to you <laughs> after we watched it, those trick arrows are brutal. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're killing men. Because I feel like the idea is like, oh, these are just kind of whimsical and, and fun more than just shooting a man with a broadhead. I don't know. I think some of those arrows make you uh, as good or worse than dead. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like the acid one dissolved a <laughs> thick tree trunk in seconds. Can you imagine if they had shot that at a man? You'd be dead. I don't think you have enough time to think. I, do, I, I pointed out the ice one, which like fr- froze a man's legs. Or I guess maybe not froze it solid. Maybe just encased it in ice is if, if we want to look at it charitably. But still, that man's leg will f- like could freeze off. Man's leg's probably ruined. You might, you'd you probably rather just be shot with an arrow in the leg. Yeah. Because then you could live and walk. Save the leg. Yeah. They're probably going to cut that leg off like the Civil War. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like they, they killed a lot of those Tracks, I think. How about that guy when they shot him with the pim arrow and the, yeah. the owl took him away? All those men are dead. Those men were eaten by an so. owl. Unless, yeah. The best you could hope for is that they drop and then it like, but in a way that's not, doesn't kill them. It wears then, I don't off. know, they wear off, right? Probably. Probably? Hope so. You'd, you'd have to hope. You'd have to hope or those men are dead <laughs> or, or small they're, forever. They're totally dead forever. When she was like, you, I mean, it was a good moment. She's like, how do we fix him? I was like, I don't They got to ask Scott, I guess. <laughs> I can't. I'm trying to think of the other specific ones. There's one that sh- blows a giant hole in the ice. Yeah, just a just a yeah, like a explosive arrow. Are those guys near it, probably dead. I'll be dead. I don't know. It's a cra- it's a wonder they didn't get shot. Those those tracks just need to bring more guns or better guns. Yeah, or f- for the range because like they're shooting on the ground. If you just have a guy with like a long range, even a sniper, fucking pick him off. Yeah, Myers Rufus the only guy with the sniper on the entire track suits. Get another sniper. Yeah, he didn't have a good one either. He had like an old hunting rifle. What is that? Your boss is the underground. He really has fallen leader. off, I guess. I guess. I mean, damn, bro, you fell off. <laughs> For real. But yeah, it's fun. And I like, they definitely were working together in a very cool way, right? They're like, just sw- like throwing each other arrows and stuff and yeah. all that. Sli- the sliding around. Oh, I really liked the moment when Kate slid out on the ice to help him because it, it was looking pretty dire for, for the boy. Oh, yeah. And she slid on the ice and was just like, she slid for like a solid like 20 seconds straight and just sliding. A lot of momentum, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> she's like firing as she's going and stuff pretty neat and then yeah because there's that line later on from hawkeye obviously where he's like oh i guess that's a character thing you could talk about is the two of them together but when he has that line about like so every so often you find someone who just makes you better and that's that's them so it's cool that he just said it all and you, we definitely see that in action is that they're they work very well as a team they're gonna be a good little duo going forward oh absolutely definitely agree so i think people have some complaints about action wise jack so I'm, I'm interested to hear your take on this is the kate bishop kingpin fight People think that Kate Bishop beat him up too easily, and um, as as you could imagine, Jack, if you can believe it, this might come as a shock to you, Jack. But if you could even wrap your head around this, people are making it like a uh, like a fandom menace thing. <laughs> Basically, it's a dude bro issue. Uh, it's I, a dude bro issue now, Jack, where oh they're like, God. King uh, Kate Bishop's a little girl. She's a little woman girl. She's like a tiny. How, how she fight? Girl. How she fight? Big, big, how strong kingpin man. Beat a big kingpin man. That doesn't make sense. How's a little girl beat a big man? Did they forget the part where he got hit by a car through a window? Yeah. And even then, he got back up. And then she was like, a bunch of arrows went off at once. She I, didn't punch him to death, guys. Like, she didn't knock him out with a yeah. fist, you clowns. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> also, I think we talked about a little bit off pod. Did you want to see a 6'4, 300 pound man beat a 22 year old woman right. to death? Because exactly. he could definitely do it because he's kingpin. Yeah. He got hit by a car and stood up like it was nothing. 
Kate shot him in the chest and he just pulled it out. You think that was weird? I thought there was going to be like a, oh, I've got a vest or something. That that was like maybe the bridge too far for me. I was like, Kingpin just tank an arrow? Like that doesn't, it wasn't is he even a man? He's got a lot of protective layering. I guess so. I could probably shoot it somewhere else in there. I'd probably be fine. I don't think that's true even a little. Oh, we could test it though. Well, yeah. I think you might end up with a dead sumo wrestler. Depends where I shoot him. But yeah, you're, that's a good. That's a very good point. If, in case people forgot when they're watching the movie or the show, he gets hit by a, a moving car. We're going really quick <laughs> through a window. Just like demo- I'm like, I would thought actually that was it for him. I was like, Kingpin's either dead or incapacitated right now, and then he just kept on going. So like, if anything, it's a wonder why. Like, what do they got? Come on. And like you said, I literally saw someone that comment on Twitter was like, bro, that that kind of fight. For that fight, there's no way. Come on. He's better than her. Kate Bishop should have ended up in the hospital from that. Is that how you wanted it to end? Is it like I said, actually what you think? Kate Bishop should be in the hospital for the last yeah. episode? Hosp- randomly hospitalized? Okay, I was like, all right, I'm I'm going to go back to see my family. I know your mom's You're going to be in the hospital. Your mom's in prison. You're going to have to be in the hospital for multiple weeks because of all those injuries. So, see ya. Have fun. Like, come on. At least you got your it's dog. It's a comic book thing. Stranger things have happened than Kate Bishop, like, shocking up Kingpin with a bunch of arrows. And, like, there's so many... And he gets up pretty quickly. Because so he, he, she does it. And the then cops show up to get leave. her mom. And then he That's goes, true. where's Kingpin? And then he's gone. That's true. So he was out for half, for 30 seconds, a minute? Or he just kept tanking hit after hit. And, like, you yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Even then, he wasn't, like... He got up and was down, gone and was far enough away they couldn't catch up to him. So my man was on the move. So just he was complaining for no reason. Watch dude. the thing. Watch the thing, frankly. And there's so many people who are like, oh, the same week as Spider-Man Far From Home, which did all the things I want as a 30-year-old Marvel fan, as a dude. It had a bunch of things I want. The same week, they have to embarrass, they have to mock us by having Kingpin get beat up by a girl. Also, somebody pointed out, which is very true, Kingpin used to get beat up on the regular by a 17-year-old boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. A young teenage Spider-Man would beat the shit out of him regularly. So, like, come on. What, what was this? Oh, she's a little girl. She's 22. I mean, Jesus. She's not 4'11". She's like... Yeah, she's like a decent-sized woman. Average height. And we saw an yeah, opening. I think Haley Steinfeld's like above average height for... Also, she's trained. And again... Remember the opening montage of the fucking show, dumbass? Yeah. Where she trains? Yeah. And all again, those trophies? They act like... I feel like just... Because they're being... You know, just being like... Frankly. Like just misogynistic dicks about it. Like a little girl. It's like, I don't know. She's like a... I mean, she's a grown woman. What do you <laughs> again? It's a comic thing. You mad that the comic hero beat up the comic? Like again, what did you want? Do you want him to win? Do you want the villain to win? What? What? It was a fine fight. She didn't be again. Watch. I don't know. Watch it. Just watch it. She did not beat him up. It's not like he. She took him down in a hand-to-hand fight. She basically won on a technicality. She barely made it. And it's because she she used all her arrows at once. And she was smart about it. She, she was yeah. She won by her wits. She did. The, she used the thing she had. Which was a bunch of arrows. Which is a hero thing to do. She didn't. Yeah. Again, she did not fight him head on because she would have lost. Yeah. After he. Yeah, because because I show that scene where he gets hit by a car through a glass window and stands back up. So it's clear that he's tougher than he looks. Man, if only they understood subtext. Absolutely ludicrous. I liked the uh, back on the action stuff. I liked Yelana and Kate stuff when they're in the elevator. That's pretty fun. Flips. I feel like there's a couple times where Kate can just hit the buttons because there's a few times where she's facing the buttons and stops and like to be like, "What are you doing, Lana?" But you could just like throw your foot out and kick a button or two. Like you can just do that. No one's stopping you, Kate. Probably. But I mean, it was still fun when they're fighting through that office and that guy's working on Christmas. I'm like, yeah. it's Christmas, man. Go home. Go home. Hey, well, what are you working here for, man? It's the grind's not worth it's it. It's Christmas Eve. Go home. And then Nakatomi Plaza was attacked. That's oh, the wrong movie, sorry. <laughs> wrong thing. They should have done a Die Hard reference in this. 
Could have been fun. They're not in Los Angeles. Why would they do a Die Hard reference? Fine, Jack. They should have done a Die Hard with a Vengeance reference. Hey, hey. Can't argue with that. That's a place <laughs> in New York. Yeah. What we, I guess so then, yeah, let's just do the end then, probably, right? They go home for Christmas, like we said. Yeah. It's like we said. I mean, I, I, virtually, I will say, I'll take the L. I did not think her mom was going to be the villain, so like, they're just going to do it in New York with her mom in the rich place. You did say that. You and thought, that's right. Then her mom went to prison. We had like two options. Either he, she goes home with him, or like they all come back for Christmas to New York. Rich Christmas. Like, Hawkeye, it's here. It's us. We're here in New York. Because Kate's in the hospital from being <laughs> having all her ribs broken yeah. by Kingpin. Kate's in a coma. She might die. But we got her house key. They tried to fake you out for a second, but we knew. Right? They tried to, when he gets to his house, and he's like, are you coming? Because it's like, what were you standing there for? We knew. Come on. Yeah. They tried to fake us out to be like, oh, I guess he didn't bring Kate. Oh, I guess Ooh. she's home alone for Christmas. Of course he brought Kate. Of course he brought Kate along. And then in the dog, they went, come on, Lucky. They gave the dog a name, finally. They, Jesus. And they fed that dog pizza. I know they did. Come on. Stop feeding that dog pizza. It's going to die. Also, though, why they call him Lucky in this? We don't get that, like, he wasn't by a car. Yeah, right? Which is probably good. I don't want to see a dog in well, no, a car. Well, no, fair enough. But, like, I, they could have done any scene to justify giving him the name. You could have shown him gambling. You could have been dog gambling. They There's like so many scenes where they're like, give him a name. And they're like, nah, just pizza dog. And then they just name him off screen. Why? Is that the name that Gil's came up with? It must Gil, be. Gil, whatever he's called. That's the most creative thing you come up with? Lucky? Because he was like, I got a name for the dog, right? I guess it was just Lucky. Maybe they, maybe they cut a scene where he just calls him Arrow. <laughs> it's like Arrow, and he's like, Lucky. I, it would have been funny if when she found him, she he just had a, the Arrow tag. That's how it is in the comic whatever what did you think of the reveal for hawkeye's wife that was fun i kind of figured that one last couple episodes but it's fun and good full i don't know why i never had thought of that why couldn't she just be a shield agent i mean tony stark says as much and i yeah. time she goes that's an agent but he's kidding so it's he's kidding yeah. but like he's makes right sense. Yeah, it makes sense i guess yeah i don't know it, it seems kind of obvious in retrospect like why yeah. couldn't why wouldn't hawkeye's wife also just have been what is hawkeye gonna meet a barnes and noble bookseller right yeah <laughs> so like, if you want to go on a date also i gotta go to russia for three weeks don't ask me questions about it did you know specifically she was agent 13 or not Agent 13. She's sorry. Mockingbird, right? Yeah, 9. Is it 9? She's whichever one Mockingbird is. Right. I wouldn't have known unless the internet told me. The internet told me that she was Mockingbird, and I went, oh, that makes sense. Maybe we'll um, get divorced like in the comics. Maybe we'll still get our divorce father's <laughs> Christmas, like we said. I, I, they don't need to get divorced. No, I really hope they don't. It'd be real sad. That definitely disproves... Uh, that's that. This is the final nail on the coffin for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., though, because they have Bobby Morse uh, Mockingbird in that show. Guess, guess not, though. It's conflicting, isn't it? Yeah. Unless, well, no, because her name's not Bobby Morris. His wife's name isn't. Her name's his name. His wife's name is Laura. Laura Barton, whatever her main name was. So maybe, actually, I'm no prizing it right now, Jack. You ready? His wife was Agent Nine, and then after his wife retired to have their family, Bobby Morris came in was Agent Nine to be Mockingbird. Or like we said, the top show just not canon. I don't. It doesn't matter to me. So I think I I like at the end here. It definitely seemed to suggest that Jeremy Renner probably will return. Because this was not like a handing over the torch, passing the torch moment. It was like a, we're going to be a team moment, mm-hmm. which I like because I like Jeremy Renner, as we've said all season. So we bring like him, him on. Stick around, Jeremy Renner. Oh, boy, more Jeremy. There's also like a fun element of it, which they've not really done as much in the MCU yet. I don't, um, unless there's a blaring obvious example I can, I'm, I'm missing. There is something fun about doing like the I'm getting old thing. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting old. So he can be that guy. Going he's, he's kind of ready that guy because he was always kind of like the like, straight man like normal like, man dude. i'm shooting arrows why am i doing this now he's old too so he's like ah, gosh, I'm, I'm sore i'm shooting arrows sucks even like iron man towards the end even though he was getting old that never really came up because he got magic tech suit sure why not more hawkeye in the future yeah. so oh, see lots of hawkeye and hawkeye overall where'd you rank this show who not to not to you know give too, too much away for our potentially upcoming 
Oh, right. Next year review episode. Potentially upcoming. Upcoming. The next one. A little sizzle, Jack. Shh. They don't know. Depends when they listen. But. What if someone listens in like a year from now? <laughs> They'll know. Shh. Shh. Sorry. Okay. So, uh, for me, probably probably my second favorite. I'd have to agree. It's just nice and fun. And I don't have any complaints, which is not as much as I can say for the other ones. Even the other ones, which we do like all of. Um, They definitely have more faults. Yeah. So, even if the high. Yeah. So even if maybe the highs of this, maybe you could say, are not on like the same level as like the highs of Loki, the valleys aren't as deep. I think so. So I think they don't botch two characters in I, one go. <laughs> I think overall, it's better. Yeah, for I, me personally, I certainly agree with that. And I like Hawkeye more than anyone else this whole year. If we couldn't, if we, you couldn't tell by this point, I read all those comp- Hawkeye books. <laughs> like I didn't. I I made you read them in advance for this, but I had you know. He would not. He has told me about them so many times before we had the show. I had those. I've been told the plot probably three or four times before I read them. Not the plot. More the more the story. I was gonna say. What's the word for story? Setting. Just kind of the basic outline. Just the outline. Nothing too crazy. So yeah, big Hawkeye fan because of those. It's all Matt Fractions doing. And David Aja. Don't forget David Aja. Yeah, I think we were saying his name wrong. I saw someone else pronounce it this week. I think it's David Aha. Oh, because the Spanish J. Something like that. Yeah. That makes so, sense. Because Aja mentioned me think of Will of Time. I was like, it can't be Aja, <laughs> right? Truly, it can't be. But yeah, he does great. He really does. We've said it before. We've said it before this show started. That art's great, man. That like minimized color palette he does, where like every page has only a handful of colors. Pretty good. It's real good. Like, and, uh, the, and the panel. It's some of the best comic art, probably anything I've read. What is it? I think Orson Welles has a quote that's limitation is the backbone of art or something. Something about limitation giving the best of art. Because when you have a few things, to, less to work with, you get more creative. And expressing your ideas. It's incredible, dude. Sorry, Matt. I guess, does he colorize it too, or is there a different guy who's doing those colors? I, I fuck, I don't remember. know. But yeah, whatever. The art in those books are great. And like the paneling as well, the shaping of it, everything. It's just stupendous. Um, it's high quality. I have to agree. Very high quality. If you didn't uh, read it after the other half dozen times we recommend it, go read it. Read it now. Good show. All right. Or come Next to your show. house. All right, well, I can take out of that into It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the last four episodes. So the whole... The entire Irish arc. The whole Ireland arc, yeah. What do we think? Pretty funny, we're all. I think so. Get kind of real at the end. Yeah. Also, though, I think that's maybe the funniest episode. We were we were rolling here. We watched it together that last episode. Very funny. Some pretty funny parts, man. It's just good stuff. I don't know. We say this every time, so it's it's become redundant, but every, just about every time we brought up It's Always Sunny on this show, but... It's a favorite I, show? I think it's still good. Oh yeah, I will say like I don't know if these is actually blow me away kind of episodes. These are definitely not entering like the pantheon of my the Mount Rushmore episodes. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. That, that, they're not going to be breaking our list when we yeah. when the season sixteen rolls around. But they were still good. And I said to you like maybe not all four of these episodes were absolute like home runs, but I think there is it's commendable doing this the Irish the Ireland thing, but also committing to it because like I kind of was like ah, maybe they're doing a big deal of this in the trailers and stuff. But maybe it's only going to be like one or two episodes. But no, it was like half the season's episodes this season were just that. And I think that's cool. I think it's a good way to, if they do stuff like this in the future. Keep the show fresh. Like, yeah. I think we talked about that. Like, yeah. Like during their 15th season, man. Like You got you to do something. It's almost out of necessity. Yeah, I don't think you can blame them. I, th- I think uh, Glenn Howerton had a thing about that. Like how there was a challenge right in these episodes because they'd think of an idea and be like, well, we've already done something like that before. And they didn't want to like repeat themselves which i mean they kind of did i guess they did it once because they did the flowers for the charlie has cancer and then charlie's mom has cancer which are just repeats of each other so There's another one that's like a repeat like a remake yeah i don't know is it the is it the gas crisis one again or is it the trash one again 
One of those they like literally do a repeat of. I don't remember. Because there's another game. Hey, whatever. No, it's Gun Fever. Oh, they definitely did Gun Fever 1 and 2. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I liked... What do you think of all the Charlie's dad stuff? I think it was was good. It kind of contradicts a lot of stuff in the show. Yeah, we were talking about that. It's like they, they've done that, quite a bit of that. They've disturbed the always sunny canon. Yeah, I feel like before it was about stuff that's kind of negligible. Like, we talk, I didn't even talk about it with the Roller Rink episode. Like, some things don't quite line up the way D is and the way Dennis, like, the way they kind of are. But that one's kind of right because, you know, they're in high school. They can, they, it could just be them not remembering correctly. It could be talked up to any number of things within world. They could, you know, it's a, it's a sitcom, hand wave it away. But, like, there are multiple times where Charlie's parentage is referenced and, like, well into and, like, got, got, gotten all the way up to the line before actually saying what it is. And then to have it just be this guy, this cheesemonger in Ireland... Well, and well, like you know, makes sense with this character. Kind of weird to just throw in. We talk about it, it; just doesn't make physical sense from what yeah has been stated before. Because that's a, the whole subplot. Even though they never have gone the full distance of like getting the paternity test or anything, there's that whole thing where his mom claims that she he is Frank's son, and he was the failed abortion and everything. Oh yeah. And then like, how would that timeline work with her being in Europe at the same kind of? It just, it just doesn't really work, does it? No, but. So whatever. Because she says, it was you, Charlie. You survived. You survived the abortion. Right. Did she, ha- did she like, for have amnesia and have another kid and got rid of it? or? Yeah, I don't know. It's whatever. And, like, I think we, we talk about, so in the final episode, to just jump around a little, there's that, like, very kind of deep, very, like, pretty heavy emotional bit about Charlie not having a dad kind of thing, right? So I guess they probably wanted to do that as well. Which, like, I don't know. I guess you could do to Frank. Doesn't feel like he'd want to do to Frank because he's, like, <laughs> main character. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, like, if they wanted to actually have an emotional beat about Charlie growing up without a dad, which I think is, like, a commendable thing to do, you kind of do need, like, someone to be the, you know, target of that. Mm-hmm. And it probably shouldn't slash can't be Frank. Yeah. So, I, I guess that also makes sense for its own kind of reasons. I mean, um, oh, so I was saying that scene, Charlie Day acting his pants off. Yeah, he did really good. It really, like... It, when he like starts to sob and break and like yeah. his voice cracks, I was like, "Man, this is pretty full on." I'd, I'd like a joke, please. Yeah, for kind of. This is, it, it was pretty, uh, pretty heavy. Oh, yeah. did. I mean, they rolled up and they, they was pretty, pretty jokey for the, by the end there, but and like and you know they're back to normal in short form. When he hits the ground, they're like, "Oh!" And Charlie, even Charlie's just like, "Yeah, just leave him." Yeah, <laughs> we don't really want to. We're not gonna climb down there, are we? <laughs> no, I shouldn't. Like, high tide. That yeah. tide will get him. You know, in true sorry, sunny fashion, he's over it pretty quick, isn't he? Yeah, they all are. What's some of the other stuff in this arc here? Uh, I really uh, Max identity. Mac. Yeah, pretty funny. They just scream at him. <laughs> yeah, uh, nothing is better than when they just start screaming at each other. Yeah, that's always that, when they're, uh, they're that most funny. That last episode really had the best jokes. Oh yeah, but yeah, I would the second last episode with that whole thing where um I, I was wondering if they were gonna do it. With with the priest, because like they're doing lots of priests and stuff here, are they gonna do it? And they did. They just they, did the pedophile joke, which yeah, I mean, I mean low hanging fruit perhaps, but they they executed it pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see it coming. I was like, oh, this priest is gay, and then I'm like, oh, what's gonna happen? Like, <laughs> Mac can't stay here, so yeah. wait, when's the shoe gonna drop? And it's just you know, the little ones. They send you away, and they, <laughs> they pay some money, or they don't, and everything comes, and comes back. Pretty good. It is pretty funny, like the kind of implication of that too, that maybe the Catholic Church is more accepting of. <laughs> literal pedophiles in there of just consenting gay people, a, uh, gay people. yeah yeah <laughs> so that, that's a bit of a bit of social commentary there probably famously sunny big social commentary boys actually do it don't pretend they don't yeah so that was pretty good and then, yeah just a funny moment with gus there the heck gus thought you were a good guy it's always the ones 
It's always the gross looking ones. But yeah, screaming at him about his like, you're, you're actually the whole time. We lied. Yeah, we lied. Your, your mom hates you, dude. We paid her. <laughs> and then well, what, I, I'm unraveled. Yeah, unraveled. You're the same person. <laughs> that is it's very funny. And they're yelling at the waitress in the bar. Uh, American. Yeah. One volume for everyone in the entire world? <laughs> that is very funny. That's socialism. That was ah, great delivery from Dennis. Love it to get Dennis line. Oh, he's so good. I did see I was a little bit tangent, but uh, there was some video I watched. It was like one Dennis quote from a sunny episode, just a, a few of his quotes. And like the top comment was like, you know, the writing is really good, but it's really Glenn Howard. I was like, does this guy know they're the same person? Like, it's Glenn Howard writing all his lines. Like, that, well, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. It's dumb to be like, oh, the writing's whatever, but, but it's, it's the Glenn delivery. Howard. No, it's him. He's it's doing it all. In conjunction, yeah. yeah. I it's mean, if fake. he's not doing it, it's either Charlie Day or Rob Met. Like, the three of them right. are writing each other. Because that's like the Seinfeld debate, right? Yeah. This is like a Turtle Seinfeld debate. It's like, is it the writing or is it the acting? But it doesn't as ply as much here because they are the same person yeah the, the, you can't really separate them. they're producing it writing it and starring it. it it's almost impossible i would say to separate them yeah because yeah who's to say they would write it like that if they weren't doing it they'd probably just be like i wouldn't i don't want to say that so cut it out i don't want it right like if they were writing it for someone else they might not write it and it was to say if someone else didn't they wouldn't just do it the same yeah so yeah that's it but yeah he's he's great he really is maybe the funniest one. It's, it's between him and Charlie. Then they're like opposite. They're very like different. The, the comedy they go for. So, yeah, exactly. But a lot of classic D making fun of D in this arc, which is fine. Oh yeah, they. they <laughs> I mean, and the whole point is they. She was going to Ireland, and they just were like, "Eh, we sold your ticket for five low class tickets, and it was hard to get you across the border because we put pumped you full of sleeping pills." And they just ruined every step of the way. They ruined her acting, wanting to act, and all that. Kept trying to get her to wake up with soup. I did think it was funny when Dennis <laughs> in the hospital and she just throws soup on him. Oh, God. Oh, God, so hot. <laughs> I don't know. It's good stuff, man. It's, it's funny. That's what it is, right? Yeah, I'm excited, for, funny. excited for 16. Yeah. Hopefully they crank it out. I mean, I guess it's unlikely it's probably going to be before next fall, right? Yeah. So yeah. I guess probably next fall. But We'll see. Yeah. So listeners, we'll, we'll talk about it again next year, probably. I guess if any, I guess there's not really a chance it's going to be any, yeah, out like in short order. But I do hope when it does come around next fall, I guess, I hope there's more episodes. That I will say. Yeah, and I saw a 10 or 12. Yeah, and I saw a 10 or 12 would be nice. Um, and probably, I don't I don't think they need to double them up like this, personally. I'd be just fine if they just did them one by one. Spread it out a little more. Because it's, again, we talked about this. Eight episodes and doubling up, like four weeks is real fast. <laughs> I didn't mind it too much for these Ireland ones because it was an arc. Yeah, I could kind of see that. Because, like, if an episode was weaker, I was like, well, I already had the one before it. So, I, mm-hmm. you know, there's twice as much content. So I th- I think if they do like long arcs like this, I think that might work. But I think they probably will just stick to the once a week because obviously I think because of COVID, they probably just want to like let's just crank it out real quick. Yeah, kind of makes sense. And like they they obviously did it like uh, again, <laughs> they wrapped up this week, right? Like everything else for Christmas. The question just then becomes for me like why didn't they just start it four weeks earlier? Like why didn't they start showing them in October, September? But so whatever. We've been beginning beginning of November. Yeah, uh, what a I don't know. That seems weird. Because I could, I do understand. Because like this is when everyone takes hiatus, right? Every show either finishes their season or, at the very least, like goes on winter breaks, big winter breaks. Yeah, so I get it. But if they want to do that. They could have just started earlier. It, it just seems like poor planning. If you're like, oh my gosh, we can't even fit our eight episode season. Like, that's pretty short as far as TV shows go, grand scheme of things. So if you're like having to double up those just to get them out in time, it's like, well, made in time, right? But whatever. So hopefully they're back with a uh, little more next next season. I'd say. Yeah, I wonder if the I wonder how much of this will carry over. Talking about how much this stuff will stick, like how much of this guy actually being Troy Zed will stick, or if like 
in the next season it'll be revealed that oh actually he wasn't your dad at all and your mom just is a prostitute yeah and just lied to you the well or just the initial thing was probably true because yeah it just again i i don't really care one way or the other ultimately i mean it is just a comedy it's not at the end of the day that this sort of continuity stuff is not massively important to it i and that is like a powerful kind of moment so i guess you wouldn't want to like take it away at the same time though it did just kind of come out of nowhere <laughs> and so it's like we didn't get enough of that because like we didn't see him come to that conclusion i guess is, is probably part of it mm-hmm. right is it like it all happens off sc- i don't know it's it's kind of weird because even though this is like a connected arc, there is also like downtime between the episodes. Seemingly, his dad just dies off screen. Yeah, so like, you know what I mean, see, like his dad. It doesn't. It's not even. I guess it's like it's crazy as a joke that he has COVID. And they don't know, but because there's like that in, a in cough this, here or there would probably yeah. help. In the seventh episode, there's that thing of Frank is like, oh, I want to break him up or whatever. But he's like a ghoul of a man. <laughs> he's like a monster. Frank is. He's barely human anymore. <laughs> so he's just like, I'm going to feed him shit and we're going to dump oil. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's Dennis. Dennis is also a bizarre idea. but Scalding hot oil. Even Dennis has the moment to be where he's like, yeah, we're going to show him that he's like a bad dad and a bad child. It's like, yeah, that is probably just the angle you could go with. You don't need your weird shenanigans and these hijinks. That's actually just like a really valid yeah. thing like, you could hey, point out. You even, even didn't know he was alive. He didn't look for you. Yeah. He just wrote you letters. He was happy. He was content to just write you letters instead of actually being a part of your life. Like, yeah, that's that's a pretty like legit reason to be mad at the guy. But they don't really address that until like Charlie just comes to that on his own. He's like, oh, you weren't a good dad to me because you weren't there. But it's or like, fully, how did he or fully faces it? Right. Like, how do you get there? I don't know. Again, it is just a comedy, so like that's not really what it's about. It's like deep character moments. But if you're gonna do one, maybe do it right. Show that a little bit. Yeah. Just, yeah, it is kind of just like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. That part is definitely kind of suspect. doesn't feel as earned, I guess, is the difference. Because I compared it to you to the end of um, Mac Finds His Pride, except Mac Finds His Pride is all about that. It's like a long, it's like a long, it's like a longer than normal episode, right? Yeah, I um, think so. And it's it just only focused on Frank and Mac. Like, yeah. the other two barely show up. And it's like the culmination of like multiple seasons, really, if you want to get down to it, of, of Mac's character. Whereas this is... Yeah, Charlie just does all this growth in one episode. Where he's like, "Oh wait, you weren't a good dad." But it's like, how, again, we didn't. He didn't see that. Mm, yeah, he. And I guess maybe the idea is like he had that epiphany when he's there at that moment. Like that's kind of how it's presented as well. So credit there, but still. And I think also Mac finds his pride. Um, develops more because Frank also has a character moment within yeah. Mac's character moment. So like they're and doing guess, two at once. I guess that happens here too because they're all like, "Oh, we are being shitty. Like we need to help Charlie because he's our friend and we love him or whatever." Which is nice as well, but yeah, I don't know. And it's like, unless I'm misremembering, is it? It's never been like a massive deal to Charlie before. Like, there's even that moment in whichever episode it is where they do the whole like, "I'm your dad, Charlie." We're like Charlie for the while is like, I want to know Frank, but then he he also comes there like they come to that consensus together. Like, oh, it's fine. We just live together. We don't need to know really. Yeah, let's keep doing what we're doing. Won't really change much. So it's weird that like this season that were like oh it was important to him and like now that he has a dad it's really important but then also he he just really quickly comes to his own realization like oh he wasn't a good dad kind of thing. So, i don't know it's whatever it's good though definitely funny so what, what came more can you really ask for it is just sunny after all yeah probably move on from there i could take out of that into iron man 3 the finale the finale of the, the iron, iron man, man trilogy. trilogy and that with that i've watched every single marvel movie we did it no you i mean it depends the definitions Kind of vary. Which Marvel? What do you, Marvel? What do you mean when you say Marvel? All the ones that are on Disney 
Plus. That's I know that's not true. That's not, not true. What do you mean? What have I what are those X Men movies on Disney Plus? I've seen all of those. No? No? Those Fantastic Four movies on there yet? Okay, well. Mm-hmm. Well, that's MCU on Disney Plus. I thought you're Have you even Hulk. seen The Incredible Hulk? No, I haven't seen Incredible Hulk. Well, then I thought well, that, so we don't even need to. I thought that was what you're gonna hit me with. I, I just thought, I, I I was like I, I didn't think he's seen it, but he must have seen it because otherwise he wouldn't be talking so confidently right now. You think I wouldn't talk as confidently? Oh my gosh. Well, so we don't we don't even need like qualifiers. It's, you haven't even seen the MCU movies, much less all the Marvel movies. Incredible Hulk, much is less all the Marvel in MCU movies. It's it is though. It is though. It's hardly. It just is. I guess. Uh, Tony Stark is in it. Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man is in it. I guess. Everett Ross is... Or not Everett Ross. General Ross is in it, though. I guess. In that movie. He comes back later. Hulk? In that film. No, different Hulk. Not really, though. It's the same Hulk. This is a different actor. Is it a different roadie in Iron Man 1? You know it's not. It's just not true. All right, Jack. You ready? All right. Classically, as we did for Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2 when we talked about them. Because these movies are... Each one of them, like, a decade old. Yeah. This one, less than a decade. But those other two... A decade, decade and more than a decade, respectively. Oh, love it. We don't really need to do it like it normal, right? Because right. we're just going to assume everyone's seen Iron Man 3. So I've just got a lightning round of things for you okay. here. Love it. Hit me with it. As last time. So, Jack, Christmas. It's Christmas. It is Christmas. Why is that? Does it have to be Christmas? Why not? It like a- Famously, all or most or whatever of Shane Black's movies are at Christmas. Oh, I did not know that. He must just like Christmas, I guess. I guess. Never. I don't know Shane Black's work quite like that, so I don't know his movies very well. Let's see, what is Shane Black's work? If I've seen him, I haven't known. I think he did. He did one of the Predators. Which Predator did you do? Oh, the recent one. The very bad one. I've not seen any of the Predators, so. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. The Last Boy Scout. The Last Action Hero. Nope. He did both of those. That's weird. The Nice Guys? I don't think that one's at Christmas. Or is it? Is The Nice Guys at Christmas? With Russell Crowe and... Yeah. That's not at Christmas. Hmm. That's a great movie, though. I love that movie. Hunt for Red October? It says he did that. Is that a Christmas movie? No. <laughs> That's not at Christmas. So, is that is the thing you said even true? It's just a thing I heard once, frankly. I'm going to be... I'm going to check. I'm going to be honest <laughs> so with no you. So, no source. I'm going to be honest with you. That's how just a thing I heard says. once. Um, oh, a lot of... Okay. A lot of these he's writers on, but not a director on. You ready? So he did the first two Lethal Weapons. He was a writer on. Then we talked about Sunday before this. Kind of ties together. <laughs> kiss, kiss, bang, bang. He was a writer and the director on Iron Man Three. Is the writer and director on Nice Guys? Writer and director on Predator. Writer and director on. There's also he's a script doctor. So he was a script doctor for Hunt for Red October. Let me just as it uh, is is Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. Does that take place in Christmas? I don't know. Okay, I don't know that. why I heard that. Sounds like you lied. But it's Christmas, Jack. Does this meet your your famously stringent? Qualification. No. This one even less than Die Hard. Would you let me finish my sentence, at least? I know what your sentence is going to be. They don't, maybe. Let's just make it. This is an audio medium. This is for other people. Does this meet your famously stringent requirements for a Christmas movie? No. Less than Die Hard. Why not? Because it being Christmas has nothing to do with anything. He saves Christmas in a way. How does he save Christmas? For, like, the whole world. Does he? If they got their way, they would have, like, ended the world or whatever. The president was gonna die. That would have ruined Christmas. Yeah, another president. We can go as that. No, because the vice president was evil. He was evil. If the president died, that would have ruined also, Christmas for America. Here's the thing. His plan kind of weird. Killian's plan. Who's plan? Killian's plan. Okay, sure. Hey, let's just jump right into it. Yeah. Okay. Let me know. So okay. I'm gonna Why? I'm gonna run through my idea, and if if I'm wrong, feel free to correct me. But I know you will correct me if mm-hmm. I didn't say that. So his plan, as far as I understand it, is to kidnap Pepper Potts to convince and inject her with the aim thing. To convince Tony Stark to make it work better so people don't explode. Right. Mm-hmm. But what happens when he does that? Is he just going to like always work for him? Hmm. 
Because here's the thing. Once he stops, once Pepper is figured out, because I think that would work, you know, the yeah. first part, he does that. Okay, so now he has Pepper Potts, who's super powered and loyal to Tony, and Tony Stark, Avenger. I guess he could just kill them. Or when Tony Stark uses suits and just be like, I'm smarter than you, Killian, because I figured it out. And- That's what he does, but Killian doesn't think that. I mean, Killian thinks he can win, right? Like, right, I, I guess, guess that's the he's idea. the villain. Right, yeah. So you're right, but like, I think the idea is he can have like an army. He could just have like if you if he has like an actual good extremist that doesn't kill them, that is pretty valuable because he can just crank out an infinite number of superheroes. So and like he yeah he got if you can use it to grow back the vice president's daughter's leg or granddaughter's leg or whatever, that's convenient too because then you got him in your pocket. He I mean he had the world by the balls in a lot of ways. Frankly, he had some potential there. He did, but I feel like he didn't think his plan very well through. No, maybe not. But there's also like there was a chance that um didn't wasn't Maya about to get get there as well on her own? Um, I don't think so. I mean, she had a change of heart, but I think she also could have fixed the extremists maybe if she wanted. Maybe I get what you mean. Like, and it's it's but it's like any of these kind of plans, isn't it? Like, was he just gonna dominate the world then afterwards through sheer fear? Just army? Yeah, he's just gonna conquer people with his superhero. Why didn't have to just call Thor back? Right. Well, that's that's with all these. This is famously probably one of the bigger ones because it's the first one after Avengers, and so there is very much this thing of like, and especially because there's this whole like, oh, I'm on, I'm, I'm I'm going to ground. I'm in the woods. I'm used. I'm MacGyver in this shit. My suit doesn't work. This more than any probably maybe any other Marvel movie. It's like Tony, call somebody, <laughs> call Captain America, call, call Nick Fury, call Nick Fury because he's still around right now. Call Shield. They'll just roll up. And charge your suit and give you all the stuff you need. Yeah. That well, they'll just take that heli care to wherever. Aldrich or they'll Killian protect is. you. Yeah. I, no, that's what I mean. Like, they'll just fuck up Aldrich Killian with their heli carrier. They're building three of them right now. They're not done yet, but. but I mean, you'll when Captain America 2 comes <laughs> out, you'll know about them. Um, I kind of see what you mean. It's not the it's not the most, like, thoroughly thought out plan. But he is crazy out. and insane. Yeah, he's also kind of crazy. And a murderer. Because of the extremists. All right, let's, let's continue. Let's around. go back to the checklist. First of all. I brought it up here. Nice guys is at Christmas. I don't remember that personally, but it is. Lethal Weapon is also, I guess, at Christmas. I didn't know that. I don't remember that, but it takes place during the Christmas season. The Long Kiss Goodnight is a also set at Christmas. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Don't think it is. Okay. <laughs> but Iron Man 3 is. So some of them are at Christmas is basically... Some, not all. That's basically the ending. The beginning of the end of that. Yeah. So I was... That thing I heard once? Somewhat correct. He does seem to have a propensity... For Christmas. For Christmas. Putting his movies at Christmas. Which is to say, like, not even very Christmas, just, like, action movies at Christmas. Jack, while we're on it as well, I think your requirements for Christmas movies, too too harsh, too stringent. Because as you've said on this show before, you think that for a movie to be a Christmas movie, it needs to be, like, about saving Christmas, not just take place in and around Christmas. Yes. Like, Christmas needs Christ- to be integral to the plot, which right. I can kind of see, but by that logic, there's a lot of Christmas, like, even, like, well-known, kind of famous Christmas movies that don't get to count anymore. Like, good. does a Christmas story get to count? It probably does, right? Like, that's just about Christmas, right? Yeah. Uh, I think that, for Christmas. the fact that I don't like that movie, it counts. I don't love that movie either, but, like, that's happening at Christmas. It's all just about Christmas and, yeah. and wanting He's, things He for wants a present. Right. That's okay. about Christmas. Home Alone takes place around Christmas, but that could be any about a boy. You can make it on spring break. You could. I was take it out. So long as his family is is away. I mean, there's like the whole like, oh, but it turns out I love my family, which is like a Christmassy kind of message theme message. But ultimately, doesn't need to be Christmas, does it? Take it off. Home Alone three famously boys just home 
Sick. Sick from school. I remember, I watched, I've watched the movie more than the first Home Alone. So, does Home Alone not not Christmas movie? Yes. Take it right out. What about Home Alone 2, Lost in New York? Take it out. Oh, okay. See? You see you see what I'm saying here? Where it kind of falls apart? It's not falling apart if I'm staying true to my beliefs. I've not faltered. Then which movies get to count? Is it just Rudolph for you? Rudolph? The one with the misers? Um, what's uh, the Gear Without a Santa Claus? Yeah, exactly. Frosty the Snow. Oh, no, actually, not even that one. Take that one out, too. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't give a shit. I'll, I'll take them all out. I I don't care. Love Die actually? Hard doesn't count? Does Love Actually get to count? I've not seen Love Actually. I don't know if that one counts. <laughs> <laughs> what about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Not seen that one either. Mm, tough. I'm in three. Definitely doesn't count. I'm telling you, he saved Christmas for a lot of people. He could have saved. He could have saved, he saved the save world. Christmas for the president. I don't care. If you save the world on Christmas, are you not saving Christmas? No, because not, all, not the whole world celebrates Christmas. Yeah, but no. Okay, no. Listen, no. Okay. If you're saving the whole world, you're saving Christmas because you're saving everybody who does celebrate. Just because not everybody's celebrating Christmas. But, then, but you're. But if he saves the whole world on Christmas, he is saving no, everybody who celebrates Christmas. Therefore, he's saving everybody's Christmas. Just because there's some people who don't celebrate Christmas doesn't, that's not, that's irrelevant. Well, okay, I'd say. what happens to the people who aren't immediately affected by the events of that movie? So let's say he fails. <laughs> Christmas. You're no, in, fair enough. You're there'd, be, there'd be at least some people who'd have normal Christmas regardless. And then they'd die. They'd get, yeah. The world would kind of collapse some, eventually. Some British would be like, oh, look, new teeth. <laughs> put his new teeth in on Christmas. <laughs> if you're a British listener, I'm sorry. What about Frozen? That's not even no, close. It's not even, there's no Christmas involved in that one. No, it's just winter. Yeah, it's just winter. It's pretty fun. Though. You can just make them winter movies. I feel like it's taken over, though. I mean, it, I feel like it's considered. It so should be. What about the Frozen Christmas special? Not seen it. Surely that one gets a pass. I mean, I, if it's a Christmas special, I mean, I haven't seen it, but maybe. What about the Star Wars holiday special? Does that count as a Christmas movie? Nope, they don't celebrate Christmas. They save life day, though. They don't celebrate Christmas. Do you have a hard bargain, Jeff? Is there Jedi Jesus? Well, yes. Kind of. See, but by these rules, Jack, does, um, what about, like, It's a Wonderful Life? Does that even count? Yeah, because the reason he wants to kill himself is because of the holiday season. Not really. I don't remember that movie very well. <laughs> I've seen that movie. I've only seen it once, though. I just want to... Why did he want to kill himself? I don't know. Because he, well, he's Because his threat. uncle lost a bunch of money. Well, that's part of it, but, like, it's because his uncle lost a bunch right. of money. Because uncle's dumb. Yeah, and... I'm it's... surprised he didn't kill his uncle. The idea is, like, he goes to the guy for money, and the guy's like, why? And he's like, what are you going to give me? And he says he'll give him his life insurance as collateral. He's like, well, I, that's not really useful to me unless you die. You're worth, you're worth more dead than alive. And so he's like, I guess I'll kill myself so that they can get the life insurance and it, the company doesn't go under. It's pretty it's pretty grim. Be any time of day? Kind of any time of year. Technically. Kind of any time of year. Yeah. So let's take it's it off. Christmasy vibes at the end. He's like, oh, it's Christmas and we're happy. We're a nice, happy family. But ultimately, that's not. It could be Thanksgiving. It's not it. directly about Christmas, yeah, is it? Take it out. Man. This is tough, Jack. What about what other Christmas movies? No. I guess you. Yeah, I mean, you've limited almost all of them, frankly. Almost all the popular ones that people like watching. Yeah. Christmas Carol? That counts. Christmas Night. Yeah, I think that, that that better count. For, if Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol doesn't count, come on. <laughs> he changes because of Christmas, right? Yeah, no, that counts. What about Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer? The that one counts. Classic. Okay. Why? Because it takes place at Christmas. It has to do with Santa. It's, they put it, Santa on trial. Good. As well, they should. <laughs> but that movie is very weird. That's a very strange... Because he doesn't he get drunk? Or the reindeer get attracted because he puts a reindeer? It's, that's a I think the reindeer thing. get attracted to the grandma's fruitcake. Yes. And then the, the weird cousin who doesn't like anything is like, I want to kill my grandma and put Santa on trial? Very strange thing. What about the 2015 comedy The Night Before with Seth Rogen 
Anthony Mackie and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Is that, is that take place at Christmas? Well, I don't know. I haven't seen that movie. I can't see. I can't count mm. movies I haven't seen. I can't in good faith. <laughs> Bad oh, faith. You can't in good faith, can you? No. What about <laughs> the one where Russell or Kurt Russell's a Santa? The Christmas Chronicles. That counts because he's Santa. What about Elf? the Santa Claus? That's about Christmas. The Santa Claus one, two, and three. Of course, because that. I mean, Tim Allen kills Santa, and becomes Santa. He takes his skin and wears it classically. Why is that more Christmassy than anything else? Because it it, it literally ta- he is Santa. If he's Santa, it's mm-hmm. Christmas. Mm-hmm. For example, the Mickey Mouse Christmas special, Christmas. Where Pluto becomes a reindeer, Christmas special has to do with what? Christmas. Pluto becomes a reindeer. You didn't know that. You didn't Are you talking that? about Mickey's Once Before Christmas? I think so. Is he become a reindeer? There? Well, he doesn't become a reindeer. He like he go he he gets shipped he gets shipped up north somehow, and the reindeer finally go. Can we keep them? They call him Murray. It's I don't remember Murray this. Christmas. What are you talking about? It's a an animated Mickey Mouse thing. Mm. This is real. I know it's real. It, okay. Okay, Jack. I <laughs> believe you, buddy. I'll fucking cut you out of this episode. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one where um, it's the one where they do that story that's from something or another where Mickey sells his harmonica to buy no her. Uh, you, you, I'm familiar with the story, not the. He sells his harmonica to buy her a uh, necklace Skip. or something. Yeah. She's, but she sells she, her neck. <laughs> something like that to buy my case for the harmonica yeah, they, so then they both end up with a useless gift for each other what a what a terrible story yeah it's kind of sad because like they're story. poor I don't know it's weird but they're poor and they sell their most prized possession to buy something else and then in the there's one with Huey, Dewey, and Louie where they wish Christmas was every day and then they realize that it gets old and like it takes the magic away so then they want Christmas to be not every day well in this one Huey, Dewey, and Louie ship themselves to Santa and take their names off the naughty list Oh, and then, oh, then there's a Mickey. No, no, no. You know what this is, Jack? This what? is Mickey's Twice Before Christmas, that's the sequel. One. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have seen that as well. So yeah. good stuff. Yeah. That's that one's Christmas. Christmas. That one's Christmas because it takes place. It ta- like Christmas is integral. So I guess the 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 bar here is if the movie can go on once you've removed Christmas, if there's enough of the movie left to still be a movie, yeah. I guess is more than anything. If it can walk, so I guess that's fair. Yeah. And they I called me a madman. You know, but it, then okay, but though here though you could okay. make the argument, Jack. All right. You ready? You ready? If you take yeah. Christmas from Die Hard, the plot could begin to fall apart because why are they all there after hours? No, they. Oh no, 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 no. Here we go. Here we go. Now counterpoint in the movie when John McClane gets there, that sleazy guy who does cocaine says yeah. we're celebrating a big closure and Christmas. So if you just have the big closure just party, big closure party, you can still have it happen. Fair enough, Jack. Fair enough. Back to Iron Man. You ready? <laughs> so, <laughs> what do you think of the Mandarin? This one, the villain. Um, All right. Okay. What do you think of the Mandarin before the reveal? I think he's pretty cool. He seems pretty menacing. Yeah, he's right? pretty menacing. I really like his like line and stuff. It feels yeah. kind of goofy, knowing that you know he turns out to not be. Anything, he's just Trevor but... Slattery, the dumb yeah. actor. Is that those monkeys to do all that acting? I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> that whole like um, you know, like you'll never see me coming. I good. must teach you a lesson. I've got a fortune cookies. That one? That, that, that was a good one. Fake. Made in a miracle. Full, full of lies. lies. Full of lie. I really like the one where he's like, talks about that time that they killed a bunch of Native Americans. Yeah. And then he's like, it's like this. Don't you get it? All the men were away. The men were out on patrols. The braves were away hunting. And it's like, oh gosh. It's pretty grim. Very yeah, grim. But then it's just not real. So, kind of takes all the wind out of those sails, huh? Yeah, very much so. Good thing we have Shang-Chi now. I agree. So you don't have the perspective of someone who saw this and was disappointed and then had to wait uh, seven years for Shang-Chi, but um, nope. So I'm all the better for it. Really backwards. Or anything. You're like, ah, this is what these losers had to deal with. I, I just got to see the real Mandarin first. 
like boosts my sense of uh, self-importance. So, yeah, it really is for the best, though. Because even if he was real, he wasn't much of a Mandarin, was he? He was no. just like a warlord <laughs> terrorist guy, which is like fine because as we talked about when we saw Iron Man 1, they really did just kind of establish the Ten Rings as like a terrorist cell, just like an Al-Qaeda kind of allegory sort of thing. And so it makes sense that they were like, well, we've kind of already established that. So if we want to do him, the leader of the Ten Rings, you know, a.k.a. the Mandarin, he kind of does have to just be like a terrorist leader guy. He can't. It'd be weird if they were like, yeah, these guys who've been run, hiding in caves with, um, you know, just guns and stuff. Turns out their leader, ten magic a, alien rings. A Chinese uh, immortal warlord. And I guess they kind of did that anyways. Retroactively? When they got around to it, but whatever. <laughs> it took longer, so it yeah. makes more sense. He's good, though. I mean, obviously, like, what's uh, what's he called? What's that actor called? Trevor Sutter? Ian McKellen. Oh. No? Ben Ian Kingsley. <laughs> I don't know why I said it. But Ben Kingsley. He's good to, like, pull that off. I think he's funny. I think he's genuinely, like, kind of funny as Trevor. Oh, I think so, too. And he is also genuinely menacing as a manner, and so he does a pretty good job. It's not his fault. No. He just stand the lines. He just showed up. Yeah. So what do you think of Guy Pierce as uh, Aldrich Skillian, the the real Mandarin? He was fine. Like I said, dumb plan. Didn't think it through. What do you think of yet another in the long line of, and he said, this is the movie where he says it. I think I told you this at one point or another. He creates his own demons. When he literally is like, yeah. Wise men once said that we create our own demons. This is it. This is, this is, uh. Yeah, this is, uh. I don't know. I feel like, I, I don't know. I don't feel like any of these Iron Mongol, Whiplash, and Killian not very good. I gotta be honest. They're not super strong villains. It's pretty dumb that, like, you know, they did the whole we create our own demons thing, and the form that takes in this movie is just he left the guy on the, like, he kind of embarrassed him and wasted his time once, and he became a super villain. Yeah, he tried to kill right? him. Right? That's then... kind of an overreaction. Maybe? Mm-hmm. No? Like, oh, yeah, 100%. Some of the other ones? Fair enough, maybe. The cocky playboy guy that showed you up yeah he probably showed up a hundred people bro there's not a hundred supervillains running around like there's probably more compelling versions of this later in the mcu like vulture which is like tony in his old like i'm gonna make the department of damage control i'm gonna clean it up i'm gonna do this and that in his yeah like short he kind of maybe did that short-sightedly and yeah screwed people over inadvertently and that, that could create some animosity or all the mysterio crew right that like the way he handled his company and traipsed around uh, stepped on some toes, maybe, and actually, but this was like in like a drunken haze. He like embarrassed a guy, and that guy became a supervillain. I don't know if that's the most like compelling version of that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's not not super solid as an idea. Only Marvel movie to begin with a with like the villain uh, villain origin voiceover like that. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I mean, I guess that's true. Each, each him talk. It's it's honestly, frankly, it's jarring almost every time I watch this movie because I'm just like, what the fuck, right? <laughs> Because none of them are like that. I don't yeah. know. It's just weird. Fun line, though. It's a very Tony Stark line. The way, right? The whole, like, who said it? What does it mean? Does, doesn't matter. Some some guy said it. No, I'm saying it. That's, so said it twice. That's like, the saying. So it's like two pretty famous guys said it. <laughs> like, yeah, that would be a Tony Stark thing to say. Is, is the, I, by saying it, I'm on equal level as whoever first came up with this wise quote. Um, What do you think of Iron Patriot? That was fine. It's very no. different than in the comics. Yeah, Iron Patriot Clash of the Comics is Norman Osborn in the Dark Avengers. Yeah, he becomes cool. president. Yeah. He's doing the Dark Avengers. With Venom and Ares and Dakin and who's pretending to be Miss Marvel? Oh, I'm really pretending to be Miss Marvel. Moonstar. Moonstar. And Bullseye as Hawkeye. Yeah. He missed some other ones. It's not important. Sentry. And Spider Man. No, I said Venom. Oh. It's Venom, not Spider Man. Oh, he's pretending to be Spider Man. Well, yeah. Whatever. The point is when he's making that team 
in the comics, he's like, I need an Iron Man and I need a Captain America. He's like, guess I'll just be both. So he just has an Iron Man suit. He paints it up red, white, and blue. And he's like, I'm both. It's me, Iron Patriot. So yeah, just doing it in this, which is just a different Rhodey suit. It's like a rebrand for Rhodey. Kind of makes sense. I will say like in the universe, when you really get down to it, it does kind of make sense. War Machine? Yeah. Bit on the nose. That, as, a, like, as an actual <laughs> member of the U.S. military and an instrument of the United States government, it probably is more... Uh, probably You probably wouldn't just call him War Machine and parade him around. So... The red, white, and blue paint jobs little, little, made a little over the top. Pretty fun. I do like the scene where he gets out of his armor and just punches that dude right in the mouth. Yeah. Pretty good. Scene. <laughs> yeah. Jumps like a, yeah. He comes out fighting. Yeah, yeah, I like that too. And then Ken just breathes fire at him. He's like, what the fuck was that? Nice. You're breathing yeah. fire at me now. Out of my depth here. And then <laughs> he wants a suit at the end. And Tony's like, nah. They're, they're for all me. there for me. Sorry. Okay. So a big complaint people have for this movie, right? Is that they do this whole, like, Tony Stark has PTSD from the Battle of New York thing. And then they just seemingly resolve it Never. There we go. Bye. I don't um, want to play with you anymore. And he drops him. <laughs> even it seems like even by the end of this movie, it's just resolved. But we never really see that happen on screen. It's just, it's just over it. The plot, like the events of the movie, happen, and so also his PTSD is cured. Mental trauma is resolved. Not very good, right? Not how mental trauma works. It's not right. It's yeah. just not great. I don't know. It's no. like it's an interesting idea. Yeah, but it's kind of like you, they needed either uh, nut up or shut up on that one, probably. So if you wanted to, if you were like, we're going to do an, a, a PTSD plot, do it then. Like you got to put in the time and like do something with it. Or if you got to the point where you're like, <laughs> whoever was writing this thing, if they got to the third act and they're like, doesn't really come up again. And then we just have nothing to do with it. Cut it off from earlier because it just feels cheap and, and like unearned. Oh yeah. hundred percent. It's bad. Um, Very bad. And I guess there's something to be said about like the, the kid and the town and like, there's that other guy and like he his whole th- the you know one of the extremist guys right his thing was that he was a vet and everything so they I guess they tried to kind of do that I, it just didn't really work though no it, it doesn't quite land as well as they wanted to they don't put as much they're just like eh, it doesn't matter just drop it no just don't have it then if you're gonna drop it that quickly don't have it okay what do you think of the sequence where he does like um MacGyver it up for a while he goes to he goes to Home Depot and <laughs> builds a bunch of gadgets. That's fun. Kind of fun. Then he beats all those guys up. Again, though, it's weird. It's like, what is he? What is this? I guess he's still, I guess like the whole movie, he's trying to preserve the, or most of the movie, he's trying to preserve like this element of people think he's, he's dead or whatever. You can still call Nick Fury. Nick Fury wouldn't let anybody know because Nick Fury uh, flakes his own death in the MCU later on. Yeah. So I guess it's that. But then it's like, so is he buying this all with cash? Because he doesn't want to use his cards. Because if he can use his cards... Or whatever, he's got unlimited money because he's a billionaire. So make use of any other resources. It's just weird. I don't know. It just I'm sorry, but I just can't get look past the idea of like Tony Stark, you could just buy a gun. Yeah, just shoot him with a gun. Like you're in the States, you don't need to build like a nail gun thing and like a weird zap glove and like a all these gadgets. If you're gonna just like maim or kill these men anyways, save yourself a lot of time. Buy yourself a gun, because you can do that. Yeah. You made weapons for years, you gotta know how to use some of them. Again, I'm I guess it's like a trying to he doesn't want to like reveal himself kind of thing, but it just doesn't. He's in Tennessee. He definitely just buy a gun that day. Yeah, right. Walk out with it. Right. He should buy a gun or like buy something to f- fix his suit. Whatever he needs to fix that suit, get it operational. I don't know. Why is it just charging at that kid's house? I don't know. Very weird. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Okay. So then it was just about the last thing I had was just the end. So what do you think of all the suits? And that was pretty cool. I like seeing all the different like kinds of suits he had. They're interesting, right? Uh, yeah. I like the idea that, like, more so than even in the comics, I feel like, because they, instead of doing, you know, basically what they did is, like they do for a lot of these movies, 
they had the you know benefit of being able to speed run you know decades worth of comics into just cram it into one movie and so instead of like a slow kind of progression and instead of like most of the the comic suits obviously being used for like fighting as iron man you gotta see a lot of suits that had like very specialized kind of non like combat purposes Mm. like you know other kind of utility like there's like construction ones and lifting ones and like there's a diving one in there there's like search and rescue ones more so that have not you know don't have like combat functionality there's the white and like golden gray one, which is like the space one. Uh, I just think they're pretty cool. There's a lot of fun ones in there. I like the Silver Centurion one. He gets that for a minute. That's like a that was one that was just the comic one that he used for a while there. Um, in like eighties maybe nineties. Yeah, yeah. And this it's got like swords and arms, oh, which is wow. fun. He whips them out. You don't remember? I vaguely remember them. Yeah, that's pretty fun. So yeah, but then he blows them all up. What do you show Pepper that? He can. I, this movie sends the end of this movie is weird, kind of mixed messages. I suppose it works. Look, here's something. It kind of works as like a contained trilogy of movies, maybe, but it does not work in the context of the MCU, where he shows up in Age of Ultron. Two he just keeps later. going. Yeah, nothing really changes. He goes um, worse. He builds Ultron because he's like, I blew up all my suits. I took the arc reactor out. And then continue being Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, I just kept... I, I built more suits. Just built more suits. I, I wanted like, to build a suit armor around the world. I will say this comes up. Right, because in Civil War, this is like a thing where it's like, Pepper, yeah, we, we're like... We're, they didn't, you know, obviously got back together or whatever, but they were on a break, broke up kind of for a period there. Because he said this and then just continued making suits, he didn't actually really stop at all. I was like, that's fair because that's what should happen. <laughs> right, yeah. So... What do you think about him getting it removed as well? Makes sense. Physically. Yeah. Makes you wonder why I didn't do that earlier. Also, why do you throw that into the sea? Just don't throw an arc reactor into the sea. That's full of chemicals and metals. It oh. makes the Iron Man 2 subplot immensely stupid, doesn't it? Yeah, because you're just taking it out. It, in, like, incredibly dumb. Like, it's not, it's actually, like, infath- unfathomable that, like, they so, just kind of on a whim at the end of this movie, they just, like, totally dismantled <laughs> also he should have a huge what, what what fills that hole in his chest that's what i've said jack i've said this forever like frankly when you really get down to it it's weird that it fits there to begin with like that scene in iron man one is, is the scene where you get like the most kind of scope for it it is like a gaping cavernous like f- several inch deep the depth that her hand goes into his chest in iron man one there dude that should like hit his spine oh yeah like where did all his where did his rib cage go and all his organs? Where does sternum go? His sternum, Where does sternum, right? Obliterated. Sternum got cut out, I guess, to fit that in there. But yeah, I don't know. How does it heal up? Magic? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like I guess it's in you know in a universe like this, it's like they probably could just grow them new ones or whatever, and artificial or whatever. But still, it's weird. Feels like the organs got pushed aside for that big well in his chest. Mm, that metal cylinder. How does he yeah. get that clean? Frankly. For that matter, why didn't he fix it in Iron Man 1? I guess maybe the implication is that, like, this, these guys who did it at the end here, um, like, absolute top tier. Like, this, is, this isn't, like, a routine kind of thing. I think is maybe the idea is, like, they're just barely capable of doing it at this point kind of deal. Um, there's actually a deleted scene that was shown in China, which really um, plays up that the, the guy who's doing it is, like, this Chinese doctor guy who is in something ill. He's in the beginning he, or something. Isn't he in, like, a show in China? Oh, I meant something else in Marvel. I don't know. I want to say this guy's like he—he's in—he's in the movie or something, and he gets a bigger role kind of deal in, uh-huh. in the China. It's like this whole scene where they go into it more, so maybe that kind of explains it. But it still feels weird. I heard there was like a, a like a whole episode of a show added, or like parts of a show added into Iron Man into one of the Iron Men for China only, or something like that. I'm not 100 percent sure though. 
Yeah, it's just whatever the case may be, it's clearly not conveyed well enough in this show, right? Or in this movie here, right? Oh, no, not at all. It's it's very bizarre. If nothing else, that seems weird. Again, because so much of Iron Man 2 is like the both the B plot and like the A plot, really, is him dying from is revolving around the fact that, yeah, all these actions he has is doing because he thinks he's dying. Because of the arc reactor, which he thinks he needs to keep him alive. Like, he thinks, you know, it's, it makes sense, right? It's his trap. Of like, well, he can't take the arc reactor out or the shrapnel kills him, but the arc reactor is slowly killing him. If he, if the if the answer to that was always just, well, this was only like a temporary band-aid because you were in a dirty cave in a war zone. And now that you're in, like, you have access to modern medicine, they can just fix it. If that was always the case, it makes you wonder why they didn't do that. Yeah, it really does. It really makes you think. Um, okay, I found the Marvel Cinematic Universe wiki page for him. Okay. So he is in the beginning. Oh. The very beginning at the okay. conference. Oh, okay. I do. Okay, I remember him from the beginning. Yeah. So, yeah. That's that's why. This is trivia. Despite being an original character created solely for the MCU, he was later added to the mainstream comic universe in Amazing Spider-Man Volume 4 as the head of Peter Parker's industry. Peter Parker. Peter Parker's Parker Industries Biotech Division. So there. What do you think of that? I think that's pretty neat. Alrighty. Probably done with Iron Man 3? I think so. Now officially, seen all the Iron Men. You glad? Yeah. We're, okay, Jack. Now we got you here. What's the order for, for him for you? <sighs> Probably, I don't know, one, three, two, maybe? I don't know. It's probably how it goes for me. Probably. But three two. and two aren't that far apart. They're not, none of them are. That's how I feel, personally. I'm not crazy. People, and I think, I also think people are overly harsh on two and three, though. I think they're pretty good. I think they're. I think they're just kind of average Marvel movies. That's, that's what I said. Rocks. I'm like, this is just a. It's a fine Marvel movie. People. A lot of people seem to want to put them towards the bottom. I think they're just kind of average. I mean, maybe they're bottom of average, which just kind of eventually means bottom, bad. But I think they're fine. I like them. I like them both. Well, speaking of bad, let's. Uh, <laughs> our <laughs> final finale. Final finale. Final finale. Finale. Final ending. Final end of all things. The finale of all finales. Wheel of Time Season 1. Now, we say this for the end because we're going to complain. There's going to be nothing positive. i got to be honest. So, so if you don't want to listen to it, you got an hour and a half of however long this episode is beforehand to listen to us ramble on and on. And thanks, so, thanks for continuing. Hey, made this yeah. far. Thanks for joining us. So, Episodes 6, 7, and 8 of The Wheel of Time. Yeah. So oh, fucking boy, Zach. Oh, fucking boy. Oh, God. We haven't talked about it since episode five because we just didn't really want to. And we were also busy with better things. So many better things. Like Spider-Man. There's better things to talk about. So, man. Like, what is there? Like, I don't even know how to start because it's... So, we got a lot of nitpicks, I reckon. Or or what feels like nitpicks. Okay, let me... Let's start, Jack. Okay. By, um... I'm gonna gonna try to summarize my thoughts on this show in a a way of speaking. What this show comes down to, Jack, is a lot of... uh, Pretty much all of the changes, great and small, to this show are not for a good reason. (laughs) And I think the reasoning differs, right? But I don't think any of them, other than maybe a, a very select few, are very worthwhile, right? And we were talking about before the show here how... I, I think we all understand that when you adapt something to TV or whatever it is, movie, TV, when you're adapting video a game, book, even. when you're doing adapt, an adaptation, there's an understanding that differences in medium are going to acquire changes, right? In length, whatever those may, whatever form those might take, right? Changing things and, and adding things, removing things, you know, combining characters, right? Creating like compound characters where you kind of have to shove a couple people into one, stuff like that, right? It happens is what it is. This show does not necessarily even have a ton of that. It seems like a lot of the changes, again, both great and small, are either just one, like, carelessness, 
Like they just didn't, it just shows a general lack of care to the show that they, they kind of didn't realize what they were doing, that they didn't even seem to take note of the fact that they were changing things, right? Like there's a bunch of little throwaway lines like this that I think this applies to. Um, there's that one in episode, is it seven that I pointed out to you specifically where Loyal's like, oh, we ogres are not known for speed, except they just are in the books. Right? In the books. And it's just like, why would you change that? Because change, saying having that line does not actually serve the show in any big way so why change it just careless you just didn't pay attention i, I saw some people point out that like early on as in like literally first episode appearance of lan he's loud he's got like creaky boots and he's like creaky going about it's like lan's like supposed to be as silent as the night the night he sneaks up on everyone all the time why did they change that did it really serve anything other than like the one at the atmosphere of that one scene no and it took away from his character ultimately right and there's just like example after example after example of this. And they're all compounding each other. And they compound, on. right? And we, I think we said this probably a couple times when we've been talking about this show. Is if this show was better overall, if the plots were good, if the characters were better, if everything about this show is more enjoyable, these things don't stand out. But when everything's kind of weak, all, you know, these little, even tiny things get, I think, picked apart a little more. And I think the big changes that they've done are not even just carelessness. I think it's like... I think some of these changes are literally come down to like arrogance of the showrunners here thinking that they can do it better. That like the ideas they have are literally going to make the show a, like tell a better story than Robert than the Jordan books, could. Which I think is dumb and bad. Before we started recording this, we were like, you know, we kind of watched a little bit of the last episode. We were kind of talking about our thoughts, you know, kind of kind of hammering them out a little bit before we get on, you know, start recording. Is that this feels very much like fucking Zack Snyder's movies where I feel like somebody half explained the plot to them but for once you can fucking first time on the show listeners I will actually give Zack Snyder a fucking thumbs up because at least when he makes references they're correct like Superman black suit that's a thing that exists like he's referencing source material in a detailed way that is correct but he just fucks up everything else these guys like you said with loyal can't be fucked to do anything right they're like eh, what does it matter the the black wind uh, who cares the ways uh, who cares the dagger uh, who cares going to tarvalon who cares camelin who cares loyal fucking dying in the last episode who cares the horn who cares parents wolf magic who cares fucking anything who even gives a shit the fucking two halves of the true source who cares like there's just a lot of like who even cares who's gonna notice like you can't do that for everything because then what what are we even doing here guys yeah. why even make wheel of time somebody I've seen people like echo these thoughts on like online as well. People say this exact kind of thing of it feels like they took the basic character outlines, the basic kind of plots, and they just kind of jumbled it all up and, and spit it out in their own way. And that's this. Because, again, it, there's just so many differences that do not serve anything. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I'd like to think that like we'd be you know, whatever, like impartial enough where we would be able to recognize if they were doing changes that had a purpose that we're in service of the overall story and we're in service of making it into a proficient tv show instead of a book series right i just don't think that's what's happening here there's just so many things that are just odd and again like that changes the story on a fundamental level which is like the only reason you'd be changing this if you really think it's better and if you're going into like an adaptation like this to something especially something that's like pretty universally beloved at the end of the day and you're like, we're going to take it and we're going to one-up it. I just don't think that's necessary. 
Yeah. Like again, there's just so many things that are so fundamentally different that you can't even claim to me. Well, it's it's about it's about making it work for TV. Like, right, let's use Brian and Dodge. I got the list. Here. You ready? All right, perfect. Let's get in this fucking list. So probably a hundred things we can name outside oh, this list. A billion things. All right. So I I do have for episode six because I this is in some kind of vague order. Okay, that's good. The Suyan Sanche stuff, the Armelin Seat stuff. I think it's pretty good. Her seeing her actual like backstory. That's fun. Yeah. I I do. I will say I do appreciate this part of this show right because the way the books work which is like you know these point it's just individual points of view um there's not a lot of like flashback kind of stuff like this show has done and um there's not a lot of like side character stuff necessarily so i will say that stuff's been good in this show like the seeing the armament seats backstory um that episode where we saw Logan off doing his thing before that was kind of neat right yeah um, even the prologue kind of thing we'll get to in a minute here. But that stuff is kind of fun. So I thought the Suan Sanchez stuff was good. I thought that the um, Moraine and her having like a physical relationship, I think that was interesting and fine. I know some people, you know, as, as per usual with anything like that coming up, were throwing a fit about it. But I didn't think it was bothersome. And apparently that's like accurate to the books even. We, we haven't like... I don't think you or I have caught wind of that yet from where we're at in the books, but apparently... Uh, it's, like, it's like implied. It's or... like implied at some point. Okay, so here's one. Lan's backstory. So Lan gives like an abridged version of his backstory to Nynaeve in episode... Seven. Seven. It's just not as good. It's not horrible by any means, but it's it's definitely not as good as the version in the book. Um, It's definitely not as nearly as comprehensive. You don't act... Like, this is yet another thing that we kind of talked about where it's like, am I supposed to fill in the blanks because I've read the book? Yeah, am I supposed to know? But if that's the case, like, this is just nothing to anyone else. Bad. And it's just different and weird and dumb, again. It's like, it seemed to imply that it was, like, very sudden. Their castle was just overrun in the night, and he just barely escaped. Um, In the book, it's much more, like, epic. It's a scene where his parents, like, are conscious of what's happening. They have the foresight to be like, all right, we're sending you away. We are, you know, they crown him the king. Essentially, they, like, they like pass on stuff, even though he's a babe in his in his crib, right? They, like, place the Sword of the Kings in his hand and everything, and they, they send him away in the night, and then they, like, face down the hordes themselves, right? Yeah, and they send, like, like 21 they send, like, men. The tw- yeah, the 20 best men or whatever. And it's not just, like, one random guy who gets away with them. They send the 20 best men, and, and it's, like, only only five of them arrive alive, and, and those five were, like, all wounded to the man kind of thing. It's, like, this really epic thing which doesn't seem conveyed here. I also kind of objected, like, the idea of Lan saying it at all. Um, in the book, we get that from a different character. We get it from Lord Agomar mm. saying it to them, which makes more sense because, like, he respects Lan immensely. Yeah, but also just the idea that like Lan is this, you know, he he doesn't do that. He doesn't share. No, it's <laughs> not a good share, at least yet. Right? He's a yeah. He's like stoic, silent type, strong talent type to the max. Yeah, but whatever. It's just not as good <laughs> as per most things. Pretty much everything in the show, the good stuff is taken from the books, and even then, it's not. They fucking neuter it anyway. Let's skip some other things before we get to it. A lot of these are going to be. A lot of these are from the last episode. I'll try to get some other ones for it. Okay. Rand's origin. So, like, we get the Aiel cold open in episode seven. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Uh, I think uh, it looks good. Slope to the dragon mount. It's a good fight. I don't. I don't know how I feel about his mom putting up that good of a fight while in labor. <laughs> Seems yeah, pretty next level, but she's an IL, so feels pretty unsafe for the baby. Yeah, it clearly was unsafe for her. <laughs> yeah, she died. <laughs> but I mean, she's an IL, so that's I mean they they're insane, crazy warrior folks. So yeah, may as well. They're superhuman. Um, so I do again. I object to her taking off her veil 
She had the veil on, took it off to do the killing. That's the opposite. Opposite of what you're supposed to do. They're supposed to not have their faces shown when they kill. Which, again, it's like, why do they change that? That didn't serve anyone. That did not serve the adaptation. That didn't help non-book readers understand. That wasn't a ch- change that was made for, yeah, like for understanding or anything. It was just, like, why? 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 Why did that happen? Why did that need to happen? Not very clear on why it happened at all. I think we kind of talked it through. I think maybe the logic was like they wanted you to see for the whole fight scene that it was she was a like a pale-skinned, freckly lady, freckly red-haired lady, so that you really are like that's Bran's mom, I guess. They yeah. kind of you think it should have been obvious when they show Bran's dad taking him away, but whatever. Yeah, and um, I was got a tangent, but the, one of the problems with this adaptation is the Rand thing. And I don't want to jump ahead, but since you bring up how his mom looks, let's talk about how Rand looks and how the book do it and how the show does it. So in the books, he's very in the show he looks very similar. He's supposed to be this very tall guy with mm-hmm. red hair, very pale, and like freckles, and he's supposed to look wildly different than everybody else in Emmons yeah. Fields, and he stands out. So when it's like hey, maybe you're adopted. Like, maybe you're not supposed to be from here, and that's why he stands out. But in this show, it's fucking, like, like New York City in Emmons Field. Yeah, Emmons Field's a a cosmopolitan metropolis, apparently. This backwater place that's never, that doesn't know they're ruled by a queen and doesn't know, and hasn't paid taxes, they have all these different, you know, shades, which, and obviously, diversity, but, like, yeah. Doesn't. Lest anyone uh, take it the wrong way. The thing about it is, it's just, for this to work story-wise, they also just look like nothing against anybody. But yeah, yeah, but it's not. Yeah, it has nothing to do with like being white or anything. If anything, they should all be like darker skinned than yeah. Rand, so that he stands out for having pale white skin and bright red hair. But they should all be the same because otherwise, it shouldn't stand out to anybody that Rand looks different. Because as the per the Emmons Field that we see in this show, there is no one Emmons Field look, right? Yeah, there is no one thing you could even possibly point to to say they that everyone in front of this field looks like this there is the fact that like Nynaeve, Egwene, and Perrin's actors all have darker skin but then they didn't make that choice for Matt no. so Matt doesn't stand out that distinctly from Rand for example right and like again there's people of all like there's actors of all races playing extras in Emmons Field so yeah it, again it's just stuff like that like that doesn't that doesn't work the whole first book everyone even questions as, Rand when he when he tries to claim that he's from Emmons Field because they see him as they an ideal. can tell that he doesn't look like that but when yeah there's people of all colors in Emmons Field why does he stand out he wouldn't anyone who's been there like yeah that's a big thing about the book is another thing they don't bring up is his sword Throughout the book, the two things that everybody questions about Rand is why he looks like that. He looks like an Aiel, and Aiel, and they don't mention, live on the other side of that big mountain range. They live in the desert, and they don't come over the wall very often, if at all, or the wall of the mountain. And he has an Aaron-marked blade, which marks him as a blade master. So people go, hey, you look like those race of warriors from the other side of the wall in the desert, and you have a fucking sword that no one but the best should have. Who are you? What's going on here? And he's like, oh, I'm just a guy. And they're like, no, you're not. Something's different here. What's up with you? And that leads into him being the Dragon Reborn. Fucking none of that in the show. What? Like, like yeah. what the fuck does even matter? Fucking make Nynaeve the Dragon Reborn. There's more fucking for her than anyone else. You know? Like, yeah, why it, even bother? It's, it just puts, he doesn't use the sword all season. He doesn't string that bow either. He doesn't train with the sword. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't actually use his bow either, for that matter. He said, Perrin doesn't have an axe, though, so I guess, fuck it. He doesn't train with Lan at any point. That's helpful. That's, like, important thematically and also just, like, you know why he can use a sword yeah. at some point. But Matt tra- uh, Lan trains all three of them. 
they all should be good at fighting. Oh, I guess that that's definitely a big one because it happens out of episode six. Matt just it leaves. He's just absent from the last two episodes of this, like entirely. Not just like he's off doing his own thing because he's not. We just don't see him. Yeah, we see him. We see him once at the very, very end. They use some B probably B roll footage of him walking through like a street looking at Tarvalon. What is that? He just stands there and waits. I saw someone like, say that was in line with his character. Fucking no, it's not. What is this? Like, that's... What are we doing it, here? It feels like a... I said this to you earlier. It doesn't feel like a conscious story decision that someone made. It feels like some kind of production thing. Yeah, because... Um, and we know that, yeah, his actor is changing because the guy who played him this season left for whatever reason. And so there's a new actor that's going to be playing him in season two on. It makes me wonder if that's... If they're related, because I'm crazy. It's just like he just stands there and the portal closes and they just go, man, I wonder where Matt is. I wish Matt was here. says he can't open the gate from this, from the inside, except when they get to their destination, they open the gate from the inside. So it's, it's absolutely unfathomable to me why he can't. So how would they get out if he couldn't open it from the inside? Right. That's how, that's how a gate works. Right. So it's, frankly, it's bizarre. Why is the, why, yeah, okay. So then leading into episode eight here. So end of episode seven, episode eight stuff. So Rain and Rand leave alone because Land or Rand, uh, he, he has the, like, epiphany that he was the dragon all along. So that's different from the book because in the book, they all go. They, they really do just bring everybody. And they are not conscious of who it is until, like, the very moment that it becomes apparent. Yeah. So, like, bad bad decision i think and i'm and i mentioned this to you the way they wrote that epiphany it just seems like somebody went the uh, someone like who isn't a writer like a producer or somebody above them who doesn't isn't involved just went fucking you better make it clear make it very obvious because we mentioned the show like very strange how everybody else is getting like yeah they're the dragon except for rand and rand in episode six asked moraine is he the dragon? Are they the dragon? He never asks, am I the dragon? He never men- He never answers any questions about himself. He only asks about the other characters. And then they're like, oh, you're the dragon. That's it. They and just- and here's the thing about that. The Black Wind is supposed to tell you stuff that is supposed to make you feel bad. It's not really supposed to be true, though. It's supposed to be stuff that you, th- like, doubtful things you think about yourself, mm-hmm. but you can overcome. The Black Wind just tells them the truth. So what, is yeah. that- what does that mean for the rest of the characters? Is- right. Uh, yeah, that's actually a very good point. <laughs> Like the it Black Wind just goes, hey, man, here's the truth. Maybe the thing, although it's probably not, <laughs> I was going to say maybe the other thing that he told him wasn't true, but if the books are an indicator, that, that also should be true. Yeah. That Egwene doesn't love him. Because really. she, she does not. Doesn't. Or not, at least not the way they love each yeah. other in the book. But, so, yeah, I didn't I didn't really think of that, but that the book, uh, the, the wind does just tell him he's the dragon, and well, he is, so. <sighs> so, I, I think... A lot of that sort of decision stems from they want to give the other people stuff to do because the and we said that we have said this before. I can understand this 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 decision because the book Eye of the World does not do a good job of setting up an ensemble, right? It introduces an ensemble, but really, Rand is the only guy who gets almost anything to do all book. Rand, yeah. Parent a little, everyone else yeah. about nil. I mean, Matt's Matt's got the dagger for the whole book. Yeah, so he's just gross and possessed. Oh, that's another thing. We'll get back to Matt in a minute, I guess. Um, but so. I understand for this adaptation, because you have the foresight to know that you're doing multiple seasons of it, right? You're not a guy who just wrote one book and was kind of unaware of what it was going to blossom and do kind of thing. All all this, I get it. So you want to make a conscious decision for your show to actually give the other characters stuff to do in the first season, right? Totally get that. But they really overshoot it 
in that they take important stuff away from Rand. Like we've been talking about all season, they really overdo the whole, like, who could it be? It's probably Matt. We're going to pretend like it's Matt for three episodes. We're giving everyone else important moments where you think it might be them. You overshoot it, and you eventually, you take too much away from Rand. That, like, now he seems to have the least going on until you're just like, it was him all along. He's the chosen one. He's the guy. And then they keep doing it, even into the last episode. They take... All his important stuff. I get it. You need something for the other characters to do during the climax of the of the first book, because in the sh- in the book they don't. Right? They have almost nothing to do. They get like incapacitated, and then he just does it all. Mm-hmm. So I get the maybe you want to change that, but to me, having them like stay behind and do nothing until like they all get drawn off in these weird little directions is I don't know. It's not great, man. Like Lan does not a damn thing because he's just chasing after. Moraine. Moraine and Rand. And like And he can't even track her. He doesn't know how to track her. Loyal and Perrin end up doing really just about nothing. Because Perrin's just like paralyzed by indecision until he's like, Oh, I guess I'll help by not fighting because I I'm uh I'm doing the pacifist thing right now, I guess. He does like nothing. He really doesn't affect the plot at almost at all in the last episode. I don't think he affects the plot at all in the show. Yeah, that could be argued as well. Like why was he even so, there? Like why did they ruin my favorite character? He's so good in the books. So good. Fucked so, him up. So in the books, right? The final battle there at the pass called uh, Glib Show's Pass. I don't remember. At the at the pass there, there there's a massive Trolloc army, and the Shinarans ride out to fight them. And what happens is when Rand's at the Eye of the World, and this is also this is also important in the book. The Eye of the World is not the Dark One's prison. It's not the it's not the well. It's a it's just a totally distinct thing. And the Eye of the World is important because it is the last reserve of untainted Sidene, right? Which, again, is just not, doesn't exist in the show, I guess. But it's the male half of the true source, and it's not been tainted by the Dark One yet. And so when Rant touches it, it basically, like, fast tracks him, right? It's like a big, uh, I don't know, it's like a big XP boost for the boy. <laughs> he gets to skip a bunch of levels kind of deal. Um, because he, that's why, like, he gets to kind of skip over some of the boring stuff, and he gets right into doing quick stuff, like, real good stuff even in the just the first couple books like there's not a lot of learning curve for him or at least not as much as there should be be in large part because of that and even at in the first book like instantly he's able to do incredible feats right yeah he is the one who single-handedly mind you without any connecting he destroys that whole army and that's important because it shows us that he's the dragon reborn and that he's immensely powerful and and it shows you how powerful he really is and like even though the book also, you're kind of sure that it's him. The book also does this thing, which the show does not at all, which is actually kind of crazy, given that the show is is was running so hard with that whole, like, who could the dragon be subplot, <laughs> is the show does not have the dreams where, um, other than, like, maybe the once, where Perrin, Brand, and Matt all have the same dream where Bowsamon tells them that they could be the dragon, right? Yeah. Because in the show, it seems like Bowsamon's new, but in the books he doesn't even know he doesn't know which one it is of them because he is like limited in his in what he can do as well and so like they don't even have that which is like the most compelling part of the book where you're like oh who could it be like if the bad guy doesn't even know like why, how could anyone know they take that away and so like when it's, it's just yeah, dude it's it's flabbergasting jack it really is I, I because by taking that away well. and having the tim range be like ah it was me all along when he gets there, we know it's already him, so it's less impactful doing the moment of, like... And he... They take that away from him. He doesn't do just about anything. Not at all. He almost... Like, he beats Balsamon, 
but that's it. Like he just like kind of a one-on-one like spiritual victory for himself. He's like rejects the bad guys. Okay, but he it's important in the again in the book to show how powerful he is. He destroys that whole army single-handedly and defeats the Ben Beelzebub himself. Like he yeah. defeats him in battle. And he defeats one of the Forsaken. He does like, so much. He does like three things at once. Three great feats that any one feat would show that he's powerful. He does three at fucking once. And again, it's just after revealing that he's he he kind of comes to the realization all in kind of in one moment. It's like it's like in the course of the chapter, he's like, "Oh God, it was me, and I'm doing it. Okay, I'm doing it. Here I go doing it." And by t- again, I understand wanting Nynaeve and Egwene to be doing something in your climax, but by taking this away from them, you've you've thrown off the whole power balance here, right? Again, the other characters are important, but the Wheel of Time, Rand is like the driving force of it. Yeah, he's and the dragon reborn. And that's okay. Like he can still do that, and the other characters have stuff to do. And we, I complained about this earlier. Is like by just making them all the dragon, maybe it kind of like diminishes the rest of their plots in the books because they all have interesting plots and in, in their own things going on. That is important without them having to be the dragon. Like if anything, it's short sighted of the show to be like, well, we need the characters to seem interesting. I guess we'll just all make them all the dragon, maybe. Like no, like really, you can't think of any way to. Make them interesting. That isn't just maybe they're the chosen ones too. That's stupid, dude. Like that. Come on. Like Rand is the chosen one, but that doesn't mean the other characters are not interesting and important they, in their own ways. And they couldn't. They can just lean into the Tavirn thing. Like that's a big part of the books. Is like you're all important. And Moraine even says like to Matt and Perrin later on in the books, I've been ignoring you guys because Rand is the dragon. He's the most powerful Tavirn ever. But you guys like on your own. If Rand wasn't around. You, both of you would be, like, cause for the, like, the generation. You'd be, like, a once-in-a-generation person because you're all Taviran. And they, and I don't know, for reference to this, they make Nineveh Taviran at the end, too, because Shamayel goes, like, oh, yeah, there's five of you. He says five and not four. Yeah. So they just make her a Taviran, too? But again, like, that's a, sp- we talked about this as well earlier on. That's a specific thing. Like, that has meaning, like, in the books, at least. I guess they would just ignore it, probably, in the show anyways, but... That meant something, like, and it's going to affect how the characters interact with the world and, and what happens to them. How the and world so, interacts with them on a much broader sense. And size. so it's, it is interesting that not every single one of the characters is a Taviran in the books. Because why would they be? It's yeah. just too much. It's It was interesting to have characters who have different stuff going on, right? Like, yeah. So having everyone just be the same is pretty boring. That's yeah. me. I'm like... I just don't get it, man. It, again, it's like they just—it feels like they think they can do it better. It's like, oh no, no. We know Robert Jordan. He did this big moment for Rand. We we're just gonna go to the girls. I'm like, good on him and all. Again, good, good for not even Wayne, but that's not—they don't need to do that there. They could be doing anything else. If, if they couldn't think of anything else for them to do that that climax other than kill the whole army themselves. Also, the way they do it, very weird. Well, it's awful. Just like from a any kind of common sense perspective, right? Like, the men all just kill themselves. They, they seem to do almost nothing. Um, every single Shinar man is dead now, I guess. Cool. And then the women just burn out and kill themselves. But they still win. Like, they just kill the whole army. And it's kind of like, why didn't they lead with that? They didn't need Rand. They didn't need a dragon, right? They didn't need any. They just, the five of them were enough. Yeah. It's like, just from a strictly, you know, utilitarian perspective there, they shouldn't have wasted, like, hundreds or thousands of men whatever it or, was and the king and like literal lord they should have just again as as shitty as is but if they knew this was even a possibility they should have just let all the women try first killed all or most of the trollocs and then wrap you know bopped it up mm-hmm. again, not not just pull out the horn 
It only works in the book because, like, they don't have any... Ch- they don't believe they have any chance, because why would they, right? They don't think that their own... Like, Lord Agomar doesn't think that his own sister has a chance of being their savior in them all, right? It only works because he Rand is the dragon, surprisingly. Like, I, yeah, again, it's, it's a surprise in the book, and he's the most powerful channel that's ever lived. So, yeah, he can kill the whole army, but it's a surprise. Like, they all... Th- in the book, they all think they're going to die. Yeah. And but- I guess... In, I mean, in the show, they all do die. <laughs> but- I guess they were right in the show. Again, it just throws off the whole balance, power-wise, because we never see Rand do anything powerful. Instead, we see these, uh, essentially, we see, like, an accepted, two, like, untrained women, and then, like, just Nynaeve and Egwene, who are still, as of yet, pretty much untrained, they're two wilders. They are powerful enough to kill an army of 10,000 Trollocs? That that doesn't check out. No, not at all. If not- they're powerful enough to do that, what's even the point of Rand, right? Yeah. If, if dude, if, if, if one accepted, two untrained women and two wilders are capable of doing that what could five full eyes that i do what could 13 full eyes that i do that rand yeah. could not possibly do again the only reason it works in the book is because rand is the only person who could do that yeah and it makes you wonder in the first episode or first or second uh, during the attack on the carves why did moraine not kill them instantly why was moraine not why was moraine scared of 300 trollocs she could just kill all of them if, again, I keep saying it, five women, none of who are even close to being a full Aes Sedai, if just five of them is enough to kill 10,000 Trollocs, then yeah, it's it doesn't make sense that Moraine, as like a fully trained, um, one of the best Aes Sedai... No, she's one of the strongest. She's incapable of killing 300, because yeah, it seems like she should be able to lighten them all. But like, what's the guy in your list there? Let's see if there's anything we get mad about. Okay, so let's do the so the opening for, the cold open for episode eight. Is- Bad. So, just bad. Um, it looks bad. fine. Contradicts um, a lot of the fucking points. It's just stupid. Again, they can't. They cannot lean in for whatever reason. I still don't get fully what it is. But the show has just decided they didn't want to actually like name Sidar and Sidine as distinct things. They didn't want to f- like literally just put into words that the male or that the one power has male and female halves which I I really don't get it because I think it must be in some like pursuit of yeah like not to be that guy but. Some kind of correctness, right? But at the same time, they still, they just say that men, males who channel will go mad. So they're like, they're okay with doing the distinction. They just don't want to say the names. Um, So that's weird. And and just, it really is confusing because it doesn't, you're not able to convey what you need to convey about it. Mm -hmm. You can't just use the words that you need to use, which is men who touch the male half of the source get tainted. Women won't because their half isn't tainted. Yeah, they're completely separate things that do separate things. And and even the way, like we talked about, I know it's the first time I watched it, but you pointed out to me, when Ashamayal's talking to Rand about channeling, he says the wrong thing to do. Because in the book, the two halves are used very differently. When a woman uses uh, Sidar... They embrace it. It, like, you know, fills them up. They, like, have to surrender to it. And through the surrender, they gain strength, which they set up with Nynaeve at the beginning of the show. But when a male channels like Rand, it's not a, like, partnership. It's a struggle. You have to win and take hold of Sidine. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you don't, it'll kill you. Especially because it'll now make that you crazy. has the taint. Yeah. Um, so that's just... That's whatever. So in this, in this cold open there, which is, like, the ostensibly kind of the uh, prologue that you get in the actual beginning of the Eye of the World book. Uh, not, although not really. No. <laughs> um, Luz Theron just decides, seemingly for no reason, to proactively go after the Dark One, right? Yeah. And this is a major distinction from the book, because in the book, a group of Aes Sedai, who are not him, kind of accidentally make a hole, 
in the Dark One's prison that he can kind of get through. And then it causes a war, which lasts like 100 plus yeah. years of serious fighting where some of the greatest Aes Sedai turn side, like dozens or hundreds of, of other channelers go to the dark and they become the Dreadlords and the Shadow Spawn are created in like the millions. And like, it's, it's chaos. It's called the War for the Power and it's like, it ravages the world, right? And so in a last ditch attempt, Luz Theron and the Hundred Companions, companions, they go to the Dark One's prison and they, in like a last, like desperate attempt, they seal, they fix the hole and they seal the 14 or the 13 Forsaken at the top of the prison. And in doing so, inadvertently, the like the it's said that the backblast of that event taints the one source that taints the male half of the one source. And that's why all the men, the men go mad and break the world in this. It's not presented that way. It's presented as they're living in like a pretty, pretty sweet society. And Louis Theron just decides to be proactive about it, I guess. And I was like, ah, I'm just going to get him. And she's like, you really probably shouldn't. It'd be a real shame if that went and tainted the male half yeah. of the source. And he's just like, eh. You went crazy and broke the world and killed your family. So it just makes it seem like the I said I were right. Yeah. The, male, the men were arrogant assholes who fucked the world. Because in the books, it's this understanding that that's not the case. In that the women were too hard on them, right? Mm-hmm. In that not only was it not like the the men's fault at the time, like they were just doing what they had to do, it also was not like a part of the part of the part of the books is that the the I said I have to le- have to like come to the realization that the men who channel now are not inherently bad, and it's not their fault, right? Yeah, they didn't ask to be channelers; they just are born with it. Tom's nephew, and obviously Rand, Rand and, and, Lu- and Logan, Logan, and the other ones from time eventually, like. They come to the show like, oh yeah, they're just people too. Like, so it's weird that they just decided they're like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do all like the do away with all the like the genuine reasoning and the nuance. And it really is just that like Luz Theron was an arrogant asshole who just thought he could like seal Satan beat away. up the yeah. He just he really did just arrogantly believe he was more powerful than the Dark One and could just win. It's just weird and unnecessary. Like I don't know why that scene couldn't have just been a different scene where they're like, oh Luz, we're on our last legs. We gotta do something. The the world's in chaos. Yeah, because they pan out to a city. Everything's it's fine. Just a real nice city. Yeah, it's a sunny just day. Fine. There's no myth um, fades and trollics and no. dreadlords and uh, forsaken running around shooting balefire, solving fine. the pattern. So why even bother? Also, in that scene, he calls himself the Dragon Reborn, which he shouldn't. He's 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 the dragon. Rand is the Dragon Reborn because he's the reborn version of that guy. Yeah. So. What is he the reborn version of? He's just a dragon. Like, again, it's just that. It's just shit like that. Why? Why do any of that? Is it really, like, is that a choice where they're really like, no, we need to we need to call him the dragon reborn because if we just call him the dragon, people won't get it. God, I hope that's not what's yeah. at work there. If they really think that, like, that well. That reborn is such a hard word to right, fucking figure that, out. Like, the concept isn't that, yeah, he's the reborn version of it. Like, is that really what was that was happening there? That, like, they were like, well. If you're not a book reader, you're not going to understand. So we'll just call him the Dragon Reborn so they get that they're the same. Ridiculous. <laughs> Truly ridiculous. All right. Yeah, again, all the Chenarns just die. I, I That was like the one positive I had is like for those last couple episodes here. I thought they looked really cool. I thought they acted properly like like that. I imagine the Chenarns would. All their honor and they looked cool and the armor and everything. Renoa's swearing. Talking a big game about uh dying for everything. I was like, that that's, that's uh, suitably... Stoic and badass of them. They just had the horn somehow. Oh, well, yeah, that's pretty awful. Horn of Thalia, um, they just had it. So, yeah, actually, okay, so let's, let's, <laughs> I kind of even forgot about that. If they just had the torn and then Perrin's like, 
uh, we should blow it. And they're just like, they should have. Because you they know, actually should have. Because you know when it's supposed to be blown? On the last battle. And you know what they fucking called it? Tyron Gadon. That's the last battle. Yeah. The, so, they thought it yeah. was the last battle. And they were like, let's not use the horn. Spoiler. In the books, they blow it before the last battle. Because you can just do that. As one of the characters so aptly points out. They only say it needs to be at the last battle. Not that it can't be blown before the last battle. Yeah. So, and, and the character is Matt. It's Matt. He's yeah. the one who does he's, it. He's, he's not around, but... He's not around in the show, but Matt's like, he just blows it because he's like, well, we need him. We'll have it there, but we can, we have it here right now, too. Let's yeah. use it. Let's use it. But also, as you, yeah, good point, Jack. Um, They all seem to think that it actually is the last battle. So what better time to blow it? Yeah. Then right then and there. If you have it, the reason they don't do it in the book is because they don't, they get it at the eye of the world. They're like, oh, yeah. shit, this was here. They got it, that, and then the dragon banner. Like, they get all this stuff. So they, they should have blown it, is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Why'd they just have it there? They get all That's their MacGuffins bad. at the end of the eye of the world. That's bad. It's okay, though. They're all dead now, all the Shinarans. So we don't, get, we don't get to come back, even though those, a lot of those guys are significant characters. Yeah. Even just to the point we are at, much less later on. Like I I, I think they come back in a big way. I assume Faldara's going to be in a big way at the end because uh, they're loyal to Rand. Yeah. They talk about in the they're books the all the time. The blight. How the Borderlands are probably going to fall Rand because they're, they know what's up. Out of all um, the kingdoms, they know it's no joke. They just kill Lord Agomar. He just dies there. He's dead. Um. So yeah, they were good, but fuck him, I guess. Who even cares? Um, okay, so let's do. Matt just disappears and is evil. Is evil. Um, and then why what? is he evil? The dagger is gone. Why is he yeah, evil? Yeah. So they changed it where the evil's in him. He's the dagger's feeding. What off does his, that mean? Is feeding off his evil? Like it's a, I guess, like you know, it's a fantasy thing and everything, and it's fiction, so we can. But like, what, what is evil? Like Matt's just a bad person. Yeah, is he you just, know what I mean. Like, I, is he I just guess a dark friend. He's just an evil guy. Like he has evil. I don't know. Like that's that's kind of crazy. He's evil because his dad's an alcoholic and he's trying to help is his sisters. That? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, know. I, it must be because he helped because he works because. He's buddies with Pet and Fane, who's evil. That's crazy. He's, she's like, oh yeah, tell the Red Aja just to kill Matt. I said to you, I think that was an interesting moment. And like, I feel like that is on, on brand for Moraine. And so far as she she does not care. Like she's about the she's about the mission yeah. at the end of the day. So that I actually thought was kind of cool. I was like, she would. Like, but she doesn't like the uh, Red Aja. And as much as she is a fan of the guys from Evans Field, there is a thing of like, this is what I'm about. She even says that in the book, like a lot at times. Like if um, you know, if if she could win with all of them being alive, she would do it. If in order to win, she had to kill them all, she would do it because the world's more important, right? Yeah, her, she ha- her the cause that she has chosen as a blue is to save the whole world at the final battle. So right, yeah. She cannot. She can't put that much weight on individual lives. Um, so I thought that was cool, but weird that that the pres- that situation you presented itself. Very that's weird. That's crazy. Super strange. Yeah, again, I don't know why he's evil. That's that's insane. Like he's he's one of the main characters, guys. Like one of the main heroes. Oh, really? In the book, you could probably say he's one of the main three. I would mm-hmm. say. I would say. He's literally a Tavirin. Him but no. man, Rand, um, all Tavirin. He's he just has evil in him. Like we don't we don't need I don't know, man. We already did it with Perrin, where you have the whole like he's got that rage in him sometimes. Matt doesn't need that. You can just say it's because of the dagger. Like it doesn't need to be that the dagger is drawing off of his innate badness that's horrible so moraine is just stilled maybe definitely stilled what the fuck is that also she can master bond i thought i know that is that in the book i don't i don't know the only thing i can think is that she's not actually stilled she's just shielded shielded 
and they've like and it's it's shielded very powerfully and like, like tied what, off like what Lanfear does to Osmodian. Yes. Spoiler for the book, but those characters are probably not going to fucking show up, so it doesn't even so, matter. So maybe next season, like pretty early, it'll be like, oh, I wasn't actually. Not Lola wasn't stilled me. because it didn't seem to be like a big enough. I don't think it seemed to be a big enough of like a show event. It was just like, oh, you you can't touch anymore, right? And I was like, oh, we didn't really see anything. Yeah. So I'm hoping that that's the case. Otherwise, that's that's crazy. That's a like a massive departure that I don't even. I, um, that, that's my big thing. She she needs that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> she she needs to use that coming up because it's been confirmed. That, I mean, that they're gonna be, I'll go to season, they're working on season three right now. From what we know, I think. What the fuck is the story gonna be? What are they doing? Perrin's gonna hunt Pet and Fane alone. I think alone. I guess I guess I can develop his wolf magic. Rand's going off where? Where is he going? It looks like into the blight further to Shalgul. I got, I, but that's. But what the, the fuck is in Shalgul? Does Shalgul exist? Because Come yeah, on. he's been to the prison. Yeah, I don't know what on earth Rand's gonna do alone. He's never channeled. He doesn't. We don't. We have no fucking clue what Matt's doing because he's just gone. I guess he's just going to Tarvalin alone. Uh, but why? To get the. Is he really still? Oh, maybe he still wants the dagger. Really? No, but Pet and Fane has a dagger. Right. So, oh, so it's not there. So yeah. I, um, but again, like when we say alone, if Perrin has to go to the dagger next season, it's going to be truly alone. Not even like because again, all the Shine Arons are dead in the book. It's Rand, Perrin, Matt, and and a bunch of Shine Arons. They all truck over like a troop of Shine Arons. But all the Shine Arons are dead, including the named ones, like. Oh, Intar and Uno. We're, we're talking about so what dead guys? They killed Loyal, and they killed Loyal. Yeah, Loyal comes too. Also, just seems to be dead. Yeah, Loyal <laughs> goes with Rand. Classically, I don't know. I'll, I'll give them the benefit of doubt there that like Loyal's just been wounded. Still bad. Still <laughs> fucking dumb. Loyal looks dumb. He acts dumb. Maybe we're supposed to. Uh, it's probably them just being like, "Ooh, do a cheeky uh, fake out death. Do a fake out. That's bad. This point just kills us and a billion of those. So yeah, he's literally gonna be able, I, again. I have no clue what Matt uh, Rand is doing. Maybe Rand will do a thing that's maybe Rand will do something that's gonna somehow connect to the Shan Shan, which will be different than what Perrin is doing. Um, which I guess I wouldn't even like just from like a strictly narrative sense, I wouldn't despise because I do think that the Great Hunt has like a weird thing where it just kind of shifts gears. Really suddenly, yeah, actually, just to the Shan Chan. So I could almost uh, see that if like Rand convincingly, but I mean, given that it's this show, I don't. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna hold my breath. But he's gonna walk all the way from the through the blight. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, but <laughs> could happen, I guess. Again, loyal is dead or wounded at the very least. So like, I don't know how he's coming with Perrin, but to run after the horn. All right, so then Gwen Nynaeve. Nynaeve just dies. And then she knows she's dying too. She's like, I'm going to let me I'm going to give you some wisdom real I, quick. I'm going to die. I'm out. Why is because it... they all get burned out because they're too much they're taking the... too much, but they that shouldn't happen if they're, they're in linked. a circle. If they're linked like that. Yeah. It shouldn't happen. That's not how that works. Also, a couple things. One, in the books, can't heal death. They yeah, say you literally cannot, dies. you cannot resurrect people who are dead. That's like a hard and fast rule. Not e- they can't do it. The Forsaken can't do it. Like nobody, like you cannot revive the dead. Once they're dead, they're done. You can revive them short of death. I was like the exact words that are used many times over is that everybody that uses. If you are good enough with the power and healing, you can heal anything short of death. Anything short of death, which can mean a whole heck of a lot. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, but not someone who literally dies and then. But the kicker is, why would you have Egwene heal Nynaeve when Nynaeve's big channeling moment was to heal a group of people? Why wouldn't you have the healer 
yeah. woman do the healing. The big kicker about it is that in the book, Nynaeve is both more powerful and specializes in healing. So if there's anyone who needed to do a deus ex machina, bring someone back to death or from the brink of death, it would be her. Yeah. And like, maybe this will be in service of Nynaeve. Maybe this is how they'll establish Nynaeve's block because that's not a thing yet. Right. So yeah, maybe they'll true. be like, oh, this event was traumatic for her. Now she's got that block. Okay. Um, she shouldn't have died though. I mean, again, they shouldn't have been doing that mode. The whole idea of them doing like, we're killing all the Trollocs is just, it doesn't work on any level. Nope, not at all. Like we said earlier, it just doesn't. It, it really has shown that, like, Nynaeve is, like, the most powerful. Like, really, she should just be the dragon. <laughs> like you said, yeah. like, why? What is Rand even doing? What did Rand even do? They're leaning more into, like, the Rand sort of Egwene relationship than even in the book. And maybe they kind of break their This is their effort to break it off at the end there. Is him being like, all right, I, I choose to let Egwene, like, pick her own kind of path. And so maybe that's him resigned to it and, and, you know, him walking off on his own and everything. But still feels a little weird um, because, uh, spoiler alert, they, they decidedly do not end up together in the book. No. I mean, so, Min really tells him straight up, hey. And, yeah. That happens in this. Oh, she tells him that she sees she sees three pretty women. <laughs> so I guess that's something. I kind of forgot about men. She's whatever, I guess. I don't know how she's circling back in. She just left Faldara. She's kind of, yeah. So I don't know how she's going to get back in the fold. She also doesn't seem to like Rand very much. So yeah. in fact, definitely dislikes him from what it seems. So that should be interesting going forward. I just, so at this point, this fucking, I also, I don't want to bring it up because go a long time, but last thing, fucking, or maybe second, whatever, last thing. Fucking, why is Perrin in love with Egwene? Why is it? Why, oh, why, yeah. why, why do they do that to my man? Why do they? Why do they? That's oh, also oh, pretty ridiculous. And it's literally said, Bran goes, hmm, I didn't think about it before. You did marry your wife once Egwene and I said we were dating. Like, what? Are you kidding me, Perrin? It's crazy that they've, like, doubled it. They've given him two bizarre, like, love relationships. Like, between he had a wife who he murdered and now this. It's insane. Um, Especially because in the book, Perrin is the first one to have, like, a... Partner. Kind of complete... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, a completed sort of, like, romantic subplot, which ends in him, yeah, just in a solid relationship with someone. And getting married. Getting, literally getting married. Because now they've had... They've added so much baggage to show version of Perrin that he just doesn't have any of in the no. book where if or when they introduce that character for him it's gonna be like a big hurl to get over of like yeah I killed my wife and also maybe never loved her because I was really in love with a different girl in my village but she also told me that she didn't love me and, and that kind of broke my heart too so I'm, I'm really in a bad way right now then the girl would just be like oh I probably won't talk to you alright see you later weirdo weird <laughs> wolf man also, can't do Shadow Rising. Can't do any of that plot. Uh, Loyal's dead. Or gone. Who's gonna open the fucking way gate? He can't actually be dead. Yeah. That's gotta be one where it's just another fake out. I hope. It's the fourth death fake out in this episode. After they did Rand and Moraine and... Uh, and Nynaeve. I don't... It's just... I guess they're speedrunning as well the, uh, the land thing. So maybe land is just gonna end up with... Nynaeve, like, beginning of next season, they'll be like, yeah, Moraine's just fucked, so I'm so, hanging out with you. Hey, with you, we're gonna have sex again, sir? Whatever. That'd be real, just real quick about it. Yeah. Let's see, do we got anything else on the list? Yeah, let's, let's see. If, if not, I'll probably be. wouldn't be the worst thing. No, because I can I can feel us just getting, just tight wearing us out here. It really is. <laughs> Makes it sad, because I texted you about it. Let me, you know what, I'm gonna pull up my exact quote, because I feel like it's very apt that I see the exact thing that I said. 
if it's not oh it's really close i said and i quote at 5 19 p.m some couple days ago very dumb so dumb hate this show why do they do this to wheel of time because i really like the books they're very good i enjoy them very much the more i read the more i like them the world's great the magic is cool i just it's all very very interesting and they ruined it they fucked it up Uh, it's incredible again and almost everything we've complained about, you cannot convince, no one would be able to convince me that these are decisions that they had to make for the sake of adaptation or for the sake of streamlining or something. Yeah. Or for the sake of like making it ad- um, accessible to non-book readers. Maybe that applies to some of the choices they made, but so much of it is just them being careless with like the world, with the lore. And from some the showrunner who's supposedly this super fan and this thing they talk about. The, he they got this this woman they consult with who's supposedly read the series 30 times that they ask they have literal brandon sanderson who wrote the last three books you have they have all these resources that they claimed to, to value and trying to convince you it's for these super fans again between like all the little tiny things that add up of just tiny little throwaway lines and just details here and there where it seems like they are just totally careless with the lore and then like the big strokes of you have made so many poor decisions in season one that you have you've like inadvertently prematurely cut the strings on like plot lines spreading way out into like the yeah. final the final book. Like already they have changed things so heavily that it's like how how could they ever recover course? Yeah, there are just fundamental parts of the lore not in it. Who are the forsaken? Who gives a fuck? Where are they even bound in the other world? Where are they bound? I don't know. I, yeah, again, is the eye of the world the same thing? Again, that's important. Rand, the eye of the world needs to not be that. It needs to be the different thing. It needs to be the eye of the world. It needs to be a distinct thing so that Rand can get untainted sardine. He doesn't. So now why is Rand going to be powerful? I guess he's not because he doesn't kill that army. He, he just fucks off. Shit. He doesn't do anything. He channels in a dream. Again, it, to me, it's just... It, and again, I get that the other characters are important and that was clearly a thing. And again, it, not, to, not to be this guy about it, but in 2021, I understand that you need to have your, your female characters do something. It's a bad look to just have the one chosen one dude do everything for everyone and the women just sit there and look pretty. That's totally understandable. But the fact that you couldn't think of anything important for them to do other than we're going to take the dude, the the chosen one main male character climax from this book and just give it to some female characters. That is indicative of someone who does not have a good handle on how to write strong female characters. <laughs> also, the thing is. They get strong storylines in the other books. The next book, they do important things. They're not even close to Rand. They do. They don't meet up with Rand until the end of the second book. And then in the beginning of the third book, they fuck off again. They constantly separate all the characters and let them do other things. Like, a big part of a lot of the characters, especially Matt, is that they don't want to be overshadowed by Rand. Perrin goes away and does stuff in book four. Fucking Matt tries to go away and he's more connected. Egwene and Nynaeve... They just go to the tower and do Aes Sedai stuff because what else are they going to do? And it's all interesting. It's all good. It all serves their characters. They like Even when they're with Rand, they do stuff that serves their characters. They, what, do they only read the first book? Rand is mostly absent for book three. Rand is mostly absent. He's hardly yeah. in the book. He's, he's off. He fucks he, off. He's, he's all like, crazy. He, yeah. He he has like a couple, only a handful of, point of points of view chapters. And like, he's like more of a presence in like yeah. the background. Not even a full chapter usually yeah. sometimes it's like at the end of a chapter you no, get like yeah. a page just to show that he's thinking about so, something like, and they can do that in a show and i understand that's harder to pull off in a show where you, they're not just words on a page these are actors that you need to like 
hire and come in and, and spend time, right? And like, it's not fair to expect an actor to not be in a season kind of thing. Maybe that's a consideration that I'll get. Even still, you cannot convince me that they're like, well, we need to do the big moment for ev- everyone needs their big moment at the end of this season. Some of those, some of the characters just didn't. Again, as much as it sucks, at the end of the movie, or at the end of the Out of the World book, that doesn't, they don't. They just don't. Like, a lot of the characters do not have a big thing to do, and I guess that sucks or whatever, but what you've done here is hamstrung the whole, like, momentum of this of this world. Nothing yeah. makes sense going forward. Why why anyone should follow Rand or think Rand or anything. Like, again, you have given all the power to Nynaeve and, like, a Gwen dude level. If that's the case, why aren't they just the most powerful? Why aren't they just the dragon? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you, it's just, why even bother making, why even make Wheel of Time? Just make something else. Again, and it's like, it's either, there's one of, th- like, I guess three explanations here. Uh, I'll, I'll add in another one. It's either just extreme carelessness. It's like these, out, whatever the outside force movie, they're like, well, we can't just do it as it's presented. We need to, again, whether it's like a pursuit of, of more sort of uh, correctness or whatever, they're like, all right, we cannot have a, we cannot have a climax where the female characters don't get to do stuff. And, and we have like side characters who get pushed by the wayside or, I guess the again the third option is that they truly just think that they are telling a better story that they have like a such a good handle on it that they're actually improving upon the books which I'm not going to sit here and say like the books are perfect like nothing's perfect right no there is probably ways that they could have been could continue yeah. to be improved upon but uh the choices they've done here are not that no so definitively the so the show is is just worse and I don't think I mean I've seen a, I guess I've seen some like harebrained articles but for the most part i think our opinions are shared by most people who've read these books which is that they're just just bad like a lot of adaptations unfortunately this misses the mark in a in a very big way so season two next year Woo! i can't wait they still have a whole year to like go into therapy and forget about it and then to reopen our wounds so with that very eloquent speech sec i think we're gonna end it here because I think if we go on any longer, this episode's going to be four and a half hours of us just getting sadder and sadder about how terrible this is and how it ruined our favorite thing. So, thanks so much for listening. If you made it this far, fucking you deserve a fucking hug and a medal. Uh, as always, you can find us on Twitter at AcutechJazz. It's J-A-Z. And you can email us at AcutechJazz at gmail.com. You can listen to us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon slash Audible and Spotify. Uh, so, as always, our logo was done by a friend of the show, Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can find him at inkocean.jpg on Instagram and on Redbubble. And as always, we wrote it, we produced it, we built all the sets. Say goodnight to these people, Zach. Good night and Merry Christmas. Good night, Godspeed, and Merry Christmas.